Let's go up to our ring announcer. The following podcast is scheduled for one episode. And is our vantage point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Outside, we couldn't see it from our vantage point. fans and welcome to our vantage point the retro wrestling podcast it is episode number 80 the season 8 finale here on may 7th welcome to may 2018 i of course am joe Morata, and that of course is michael quinn how you doing there michael a uh, howdy doody howdy doody finale huh finale time and welcome to may everybody glad to be with you nice month yeah. michael yeah someone a- has a birthday this month oh i do don't i you do coming later up in a couple days yeah coming it- up Will the episode land on my birthday? Uh, We'll have an episode the day before your birthday next week, yeah. Uh, Maybe we'll have a celebration. We should, actually. It'll be the big, uh, what, 3-2 for you there, huh? Something like that. Let's not publicize that. (laughs) Yeah, okay. (laughs) Uh, Folks, thanks so much for being with us for all 80 episodes plus specials. Of course, we are here to have a finale of sorts. We have some great topics in store for you. It's a little bit of a supersized episode, a very interesting review at the end of the episode. Oh, very interesting, (laughs) yes. And before we get to any of that, I just want to remind you, as always, if you haven't yet, follow us on Twitter at OVP Podcast. You can also email us at OVPPodcast at gmail.com. That is OVPPodcast at gmail.com. But Quinn, there is a place where you can interact with me, Quinn, and all the other zany OVP crew. Quinn, that's our Facebook group. Yes, Facebook.feet.finale. <laughs> uh, great website over there. If you like your privacy, I don't know if it's a great website. <laughs> However, it is where our group is. Yes, we are there. We are there. All 400 plus members yes, right now. Yes, you go to our, you, you search our vantage point dash retro wrestling podcast in the Facebook search bar. Yeah, the bar. Search book. <laughs> search bar and you'll find us. You hit join and you're in. A lot of interesting discourse there. Uh, funny pictures, uh, the promos with the high-pitched voices, the big mouth you know, type things. Those are going on lately. Yeah, all sorts of fun, whether it be retro or current. I mm-hmm. know there in the past couple weeks, there's been a lot of discussion about the greatest Royal Rumble. Yeah, happened a little while ago. Yeah. That was fun. Right. Uh, and, you know, we, we welcome everybody. That's one of the things that we really strive for is we're not just looking for people that think they know everything. If you do, that's great, because Quinn and I certainly don't, and we want to learn things that we don't know. But if you know little maybe you were a casual fan in the 80s you're still welcome here we just want everyone we are of course when the uh the statue of liberty maybe the immigration services the ellis island <laughs> yes, of, okay. uh, even better of facebook groups yes. that do retro wrestling i like it it's a yeah. nice analogy uh, a few other things that you can do if you really like the show uh, we appreciate that thank you you can go to patreon.com slash ovp podcast and you can donate and as i always do i want to clarify that's not to support this current show, like this weekly Monday free not show. Not at all. Not at all. It is actually, if you really just like our show so much and you want to give us something, we'll give back to you. We have three rewards tiers, a $1, a $2, and a $3 tier. For one buck, you get to see the video of us recording each weekly episode, Quinn. Yes. Raw. You could be watching it right now, actually. Yes. Uh, does Quinn have Coke? <laughs> As I 
wave something. Yes. It's a mystery, folks. A beverage. You'll have to watch <laughs> to find out. If you add a dollar to that for $2 a month, not only do you get the raw video footage every single week, you also get a weekly commentary. Every single Friday, Quinn and I sit down, we watch a match from the WWE Network. It could be a pay-per-view match. It could be anything that's on the network. And we sync up with you. We give you a time code count you down, and we are your commentators for that match. Yeah, it's like Gorilla and Bobby or Jesse and Gorilla. You're you're like the Bobby, right? Yeah. Am I the Gorilla? Uh, I'll have you taken out of here. Am I the Bobby, though? Sometimes I don't think I'm the Bobby. You're the Lord Alfred. I feel like, I'm, yeah, maybe more the Lord <laughs> Alfred. So that's every, every Friday you get a commentary, and then if you had one more dollar, that's right, for $3 a month, you get the raw footage, you get the weekly commentaries, and every single first of the month, we just had one come out last week, last Tuesday on May 1st. Quinn and I have been reviewing 1982 WWF. And actually, the last one we did, the one for May 1st, Quinn, was May 29th, 1982. The- May 29th! <laughs> the last episode before Vince McMahon Jr. purchased the company. Yeah, and to make it clear, this is actually a video review. Yes. Like We have the video on the screen, so you can see what we're watching Absolutely. while we, we have- watch it technology you know yeah. and we have a video scope the that scope pops up. shows up it's kind of <laughs> yes. like prime time a little bit a little bit like prime time a few other things we have a youtube channel just go to youtube.com and go search for our vantage point retro wrestling podcast some cool exclusive stuff pops up there uh, from time to time and in addition to that we have a few friends of the show quinn that we we like to shout out every single week oh we shout them we shout them uh, we have the wrestling podcast about nothing that's wpan it is hosted by two guys that have worked or do work in the business one of them is a wrestler. He actually works for ROH right now, and his name is Brian Malonis, or as Quinn calls him, the Wine City Whaler. The Wine City Whaler, his partner, the Beer City Bruiser. <laughs> I gotta say something, Brian Malonis. Go ahead. I don't know. I didn't get in contact with you about this, but I was uh, watching some of that newfangled New Japan pro wrestling. They, I heard a name drop. I heard Brian Malonis, our good friend, oh. uh, get name dropped oh. by the announcers on there. It, maybe Brian's going to get his Ribera jacket sometime soon. Ooh. I don't know. Yeah, need two of them. Yeah. And uh, he, he's joined on the show by Mean Mike Crockett, a wrestling referee, an independent wrestling referee that is currently on an extended hiatus. And they host a great show, get some insight from guys that have actually worked in the business, unlike us. And yeah. they, uh, they'll conduct interviews. Recently, there was one with ROH's own Quinn, Bobby Cruz, the ring announcer. Yeah, and we'll have more from him later. Yes, more from Bobby Cruz later. Another show that we really like is GF Allentown or Greetings from Allentown. It's a lonely show. Quinn hosted by one man, our little brother, Petey Winston. Yes, the best way I can describe it is, would you like to take a tour of the mind of Peter Winston <laughs> yes. as he watches wrestling? <laughs> that's well, that's the show. It's Petey, great, actually. Petey has and- a great show. PD always inspires me with stuff. I know I was posting HBO intros <laughs> yes. on the Facebook page back, because yep. he reminded me of it when he was talking about some other weird bumper. Yep. And you know what's funny is somebody, I think uh, Twitter ring skirts or something. Yes, ring skirts. Yep. They turned me on to the fact that there was a making of of that HBO intro thing, which again leads me to believe the budget on that was like way too high for like a feature presentation bumper. Hey, in the cocaine-fueled capitalism of the 80s, Quinn, nothing was too high. I guess not. So anyway, check out GF Allentown. That's Greetings from Allentown. It's a great show where he recaps an episode of uh, wrestling programming from yesteryear. That's GF Allentown. Greetings from Allentown. And one more thing, we're available on all of your standard podcast platforms, but specifically... We would like you to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Quinn. Oh, yeah. Apple Podcasts. It's the, the place to be for podcasts. Yes, it definitely that's, is. That's exactly what they say on the website. <laughs> they, they don't even have a website. They have an app. Yeah. Like, Applepodcast.com, right? Applepodcast.com. <laughs> 
p2b.com. That's the site. <laughs> but if you'd like to, if you like our show and you want to leave us a review, we'd really appreciate that. All right, Quinn, we like to involve our fans on the show, especially lately. We've been putting out a lot of polls out there, and I'm not talking about foul polls or fishing polls. Of course, that would be silly. I don't know about those polls. I don't know about those polls. No, what I've been talking about is uh, getting the fans to choose some topics here. And all season long, we've been doing our opening segment called The Butterfly Effect. It was uh, suggested, actually, by a fan named Eric Points. It was a very good points in his favor there for yes. suggesting that. And we asked for the finale, uh, what you guys would like us to talk about. And the winner for the Butterfly Effect poll is what would have happened if WCW won the war and WWF went out of business in the 90s? <laughs> oh, wait, you serious? Let me laugh even harder. <laughs> Crazy. I can Crazy. hear that butterfly flapping in right now. <laughs> There it is. That's really yeah, good. That, that's exactly what he sounds like. Yes. What a proposal that butterfly has for us today. It's a crazy thought because before we, I guess, get into the speculation, I'm of the opinion that Vince McMahon <laughs> would never have gone out of business. Yeah, no shit. But you can never really say never, can Listen, you? Listen, you know, there's such thing as bankers, Joe. And, <laughs> and bankers. No matter what Vince McMahon thinks, one day they're going to come to your door and say, sorry, pal, no more wrestling. I guess that's true. I guess that's true, right? So the premise here, obviously, is in the 90s. I don't know if you you, you ever heard of the Monday Night Wars. Yeah, I heard of it. (laughs) Vince McMahon's WWF competed against Ted Tana's WCW Nitro. Mm -hmm. And obviously, you know, Nitro was the bad guys, and Vince was just just a a humble businessman, and they're trying to put me out of business. Yeah, the same same humble (laughs) businessman that was selling out the Silver Dome. Such a small company. (laughs) That openly fucked other promoters in the ass, you know, and and raided their talent. Including the forerunner to the same company (laughs) they were competing against. That that humble, innocent businessman, Vince McMahon. He was trying to hurt us. Hurt us to the extent of we would become weakened, uh, we couldn't compete with him being the stronger of the two obviously we know the story we know what happened wcw caught fire with the nwo angle amongst other things put out some compelling programming for several years and wwf was kind of the second banana for a few years there and looked at least from a cursory view to be on the verge of collapse we know the story they turned the tide around 98 Mm -hmm. and obviously they went on to buy their competition Right, and and me and Joe discussed before we get started with this butterfly effect. Yes, the the rules here, since they were probably going to go out of business in like ninety seven, if they were, Fair that's enough. when yep. we're going to say they went out of business. We're going to assume that it's pre Screw Job, pre Tyson, pre Austin McMahon feud that era. Yeah, pre Good. Where yeah, <laughs> where even though there were some great creative things going on in '97, we all love the Heart Foundation angle, yep. DX. Pillman's th- got a gun. Pillman's got a gun. <laughs> I always bring it up. You do. Uh, that didn't completely turn everything around. Yeah. From a creative standpoint, it was great. But from financial, not so much. So Quinn, I'm going to give you the opening salvo here. What the hell would have happened? Forget the how. What would have happened if uh, 1997, the fall of '97, Vince McMahon's bankrupt? Well, I'll tell you one thing. I don't think this show would exist. Uh, <laughs> our Vantage Point Retro Wrestling Podcast. We just have to close the doors. That's this true. is a butterfly that I think would have affected us deeply. Yes, that's true. And, um, I'll tell you why. Because regardless of the fact that WCW would have gone on, mm-hmm. and they would have probably gone on for a while without competition, WCW was a very poorly run operation. It absolutely was. It wasn't their poorly runness that put them out of business even. 
It was the fact that AOL Time Warner purchased the parent company. That's right. And they didn't want them. Yeah. So bye-bye WCW. That is true. Now, the interesting thing to think about here is you have a lot of talent that would have had to work elsewhere. Right. Now, what we know happened on the other end, botched as it might have been, is the WWF took in a lot of the WCW guys. Uh Uh-huh. Instead of doing a proper brand split, like we talked about this recently, they kind of did their own Raw SmackDown brand split. Right. So what does WCW do, Quinn? Let's start there. With all of these guys, Austin, Rock, DX, all of these top names that were actually really good in 97 yes. and had become names in 90. Even The Rock. I mean, The Rock yeah. was something by he, then. He started to heat up in 97. All of these top talents, Ken Shamrock, Vader, yeah. all these guys that WWE have had. Shawn were, Michaels. Shawn Michaels, right. That were actually reputable. Mick Foley. Yeah. Some of these guys, former WCW rejects. Some never. Some never. What does WCW do? Can they even handle all of this talent? So what I think they would ultimately do, because they were so tied to the NWO branding. Yep. I think they would have outright said the NWO was WWF. Like they would just kind of make them the same thing. Instead of beating around the bush like they tried to do initially. They don't have to anymore. They don't have to. Let's say they buy all the WWF's trademarks, right? Right. Turner, uh, who was a Time Warner at the time, buys all the WWF's intellectual property, all their trademarks. The contracts, everything. It's basically a reversal of what happened it's in 01. Same, yeah, it's the same thing. You say they branded as NWO and throw all the WWF guys into the NWO? Yep, and now they can overtly say, like, we're taking over. Right. Like, because it's like, that was the NWO's M- MO in the first place. Right. They were like a veiled WWF. They blatantly, for the first few weeks, even pretty much acted like they were from the WWF yeah. until they got a cease and desist. Right, and then they started integrating some WCW guys, because I think that they, they'll they never say it, but I think they were trying to say, like, okay, this isn't. They're like, let's put Scott Norton. Like, yeah, they I have had a feel, to throw Sometimes a I have a feeling that some of those B-team people were simply there to, like, make it seem like it was less WWF. <laughs> Maybe. Like, <laughs> it's valid like theory. Buff Bagwell and shit. <laughs> oh. like, from NWO Hollywood, it's Scott Norton. Who cares? Now, Quinn, how obnoxious is Eric Bischoff the day after the purchase? Oh, I mean, you remember in 98 when he had like a motorcycle in the ring and like <laughs> and it was, uh, yeah, and he was like, I'm the best thing ever. Could you imagine <laughs> the night that WWF went out of business? <laughs> oh my God. He would be like not only in a motorcycle, but he'd be in like royal regalia. And yeah. <laughs> he would spend oh entirely goodness. too much money celebrating, which would then, you know, Turner would be all mad. Right. And I wonder what Vince McMahon is thinking. Here's another one for you. Does The Rock ever really become The Rock? I don't think so. Actually, you know, I think that guy, Dwayne Johnson in general, Mm -hmm. I think he had the drive. That guy was going to succeed no matter what. You really think so? I really do. In WCW? I think so. Because I think you're not taking into effect that we have a couple more years before the AOL comes in. If they even wanted to throw the uh, WCW programming off? What if it was doing so hot that they wanted to keep it? The, in 97, The Rock was already the if you smell what I'm cooking character. He was starting that up, yeah. Like, he was becoming that. Right, but I mean, in the nation, that's Nation mm-hmm. Rock, right? It is, yeah. August so on. like, yeah. by the time he turns to Nation Rock, mm-hmm. he's essentially fully formed. So I think that like, it would have been like they would have just been like, "This is awesome. Let's go with this shit." Okay. And by the way, you got to remember, this is ninety-seven. This is pre-Goldberg. 
This is pre-Goldberg. Is there ever a Goldberg? Is there, do they ever need a Goldberg? Probably because not. they got all these other guys. They have Austin. Yeah, they, they got Shamrock. They got Mankind. They have Owen Hart. Yeah, they have Owen Hart. Would Owen have ever died? Would Owen have worked there? He probably would have, right? Yeah. Finish and I up think, his career. I think Brett would have gone there. As we know, he was yeah. already thinking of going there anyway. Brett so. would have gone there because yeah. he likes wrestling yeah. and money. Right. And, and that's his job. <laughs> right. So he would have he gone there. What about The Undertaker, Quinn? Oh, WCW would have loved that. Right. Because they love anything hokey and, 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 and that they can brand and make toys out of. And try, true. Like, and try as they might. That one thing they never had. You can say what you want about Sting, Quinn. They never had an Undertaker, though. They Not never, even close. They never had a character. Like, no. You could, I could, like, see Bischoff, like, salivating, salivating at, like, the chance to get his hands on the Undertaker. Absolutely. Like, we can make so much money off this thing. My goal was to make money. Hey. Would Undertaker have gone? Such a loyal guy to Vince at that point. What else is he going to do? That's true. Where are you really going to go? ECW? All right, here's one. Let's what fork. happens to ECW? Let's fork it, right? Yeah. So ECW 97 was still at the, the tail end of its peak, though. Yes. 97, they were still really good in the 98, right? They were really high yep. creatively from, from a production standpoint. They were doing good. Do any of these WWF guys say, fuck it, I am not going. We know Gerald Briscoe ain't going to WCW. <sighs> we're going to kill their <laughs> parents or whatever he says. We'll beat the crap out of you and kick you in the dirt and watch you roll over and die. Do some guys, maybe like Mick, and maybe even the Undertaker, maybe not the Undertaker, but like Mick Foley perhaps, do they find new life again in ECW? Possibly. And actually, I have an interesting proposal for you. Vince McMahon, even though your company declares bankruptcy, doesn't mean your personal fortune goes away. Absolutely true. It's just a company. Mm -hmm. He's saying, we're closing down this company, right? Yeah, we're selling all of this shit off to... Do you think... Mm -hmm. Vince, since he's he's crippled, like he doesn't have the big money in the WWE anymore, mm-hmm. but he still has millions of dollars. Let's, I mean, let's assume, yeah. Personal uh, Personal wealth, mm-hmm. right? Do you think he gets like revenge and a, purchases ECW? I could see that. I could see him Restarting his, his career. I could see him working with Paul Heyman. The thing you have to remember is Vince McMahon, despite everything else that he ever tried, the only thing he's truly been successful for is professional wrestling. Right. He has to stay in wrestling. Which is why I think he would, considering he was helping fund the damn thing anyway, would it be much yeah. of a stretch to think he would slip in, purchase ECW, and recover Possible. that way? Possible. That's, that's, or restart something else after getting his footing again. Right. Because you can't, I cannot imagine Vince McMahon doing anything else. Even when he does these side shits like WBF and XFL. Yeah. He not he's not that good at those things. Could you okay? Could you envision this? Mm-hmm. Since e- WCW was closed down because of AOL, not because of their own success or failures. Yeah, they were, regardless of how many there were, they weren't a viable commodity. So AOL didn't want them, right? Right. Could you see a universe where ECW survives with Vince buying it out and kind of living with small means for a couple years? with ECW, and then when AOL is doing the dumpster fire sale with WCW... Finally getting... He buys back all his intellectual property and WCW, <laughs> and Vince gets the last fucking laugh. You know what? Anything's possible, Quinn. 
then let's go with that scenario for a second. Because they sold WCW for like a million. They did not. A few million. Like, like, a few million. It, yeah. was, it wasn't a lot. I think it that, was cheap. Like, maybe five at the most. Like it was not a lot of money. It was not a lot of money. Let me let's take that road for a second. here, <laughs> and, and folks, obviously, join the group and let us know what you think or let us know on Twitter or email us. Who goes with Vince to ECW? Undertaker. Maybe. Shawn Michael. Or what I, do you think? Does I Shawn think, go with his friends? I think Shawn is loyal to Vince, actually. Shawn's about business, and he knows Vince is a good businessman. He knows that he just run, ran out of funds, essentially, and he also knows that WCW creatively is garbage. Yeah. That's he, what Bret Hart said, even. I thought it was absolute garbage, and I thought it was garbage then. Shawn Michaels had a mind for the business, even when he was drugged even up. When and he was out of his up. mind, yeah, yeah. Like <laughs> all he cared about was what could he do creatively. Okay. And if Vince said, "Shawn, I'm going to lay low. I'm going to buy this small company. Mm-hmm. I'm going to sit here for a couple years until I can plot my revenge." Right, right, right. Will you come with me? I could see that uh, happening. Like, I, I could see that happening. I could see I could see Austin going with him because I can't see Austin Aust- fucking hated Austin w- wouldn't want to w- go back WCW yeah he had a grievance there's some guys that would definitely give the middle finger to WCW I think you're right about that I think Mick Foley might have gone with Foley was a very loyal guy he probably yeah. would have gone with Vince Brett might have even stayed with Vince Brett uh, I don't know it's tough but Brett really liked Vince well that's if that's if we're saying they they fold Prior to the screwdrop. Right, correct. Imagine an ECW with Bret Hart, Shawn Michaels, Undertaker, Austin. and Stone Cold. Yeah. Just amazing. those four. Yeah. And then you mix you them in around them. with Tommy Dreamer, and Sandman, and Taz, yeah. and Rob Van Dam. Yeah, no, it's great. Raven. Raven. All these guys, Dudleys. Yeah. Absolutely. That, that could would, totally work. That company would be awesome. Absolutely. That might, at some point, get better than WCW because... WCW creatively fell off the stairs by 99. They did. And you know what? They didn't have Thunder yet during the timeline we're talking about. You got to figure with this dearth of or wealth of talent that they've got to do a second show or at least make Saturday night good or something, right? Because how are you going to fit all this on Nitro? Here's the thing. I think knowing WCW, they would have fucked it up. (laughs) This is how they would have fucked it up. They would say, we won, right? Yes. And Vince McMahon is a pauper in ECW. Yeah. <laughs> pauper. He's he's nothing. He's in he's indie shit. He doesn't even have a TV deal anymore. Right. They would go fucking ape shit. Spend way too much money on absolutely everything. Yep. If I know WCW, they'd be having nitros at the fucking Silverdome every week <laughs> because they're stupid. Like they don't think. They just say we have everything now. Yeah. Wallowing in the muck of avarice. Just could you like you're right, though, you realize like that's how they would behave. They would not be able to control themselves. Right. A few other implications here. There's a lot of different threads here to run with. I like the ECW one. What about the non on screen guys? What about where does Vince Russo go? He was writing for them in 97. Mm -hmm. Where does he go? Does he go to WCW? I think he'd still go to WCW because he's a family man and the money's there and the money's there. Yep. Fair. And I wouldn't blame him to yep. try to continue his career and whatever, right. whether you like him or not. Jim Cornette, he doesn't like either of them. He doesn't really like Bischoff. He doesn't really I think like Cornette would have just left the business like he did Done anyway. his own shit. Yeah, yeah. Where does Jim Ross and Jerry Lawler go? <sighs> oh, God. That's tough. That's tough. I think King would just go back to Memphis. Just not even. Not yeah, even deal with it. Say, Vince, if you need me, I'm here. But yep. he, did, he didn't really like working with Heyman. 
Yeah. So remember, he broke his jaw on purpose. Right. <laughs> yeah, but to be fair, King was willing to do business he with Heyman. He would have, yes. Because, like, the ECW feud. Would, and they, they would have had prior, they would have done that already. It had our timelines been right, right? True. Yeah, they would have. Yep. Now, JR, though, can you see him going back to WCW? I can't. I can see him staying with Vince. I could see him going to ECW with Joey. Imagine Joey Styles and JR. JR. That could have worked if they played the dynamic, dynamic right. Because uh, at that time, and again, maybe I'm wrong. I don't think JR really liked Eric Bischoff or Tony Schiavone. And there's no way Bischoff's booting Schiavone and putting JR on Nitro. No, no way. They would have trampled all over JR. They would. Yeah. The other thing you got to remember about WCW is they were vindictive. Just like Vince can be, but yeah. maybe more so. But I just, I can't imagine the gloating. Yeah, it would be hideous. Like <laughs> The would, gloating. Uh, the gloating. Would be hideous. I, you know, it's interesting. The more we're thinking about it and discussing it, mm-hmm. the more I could just see these guys get their redemption in ECW. Possibly. Because be- ECW was on fucking fire in 1997. They were, and Vince McMahon will uh, scratch and claw and fight his way back. Vince McMahon would have had the connections to get ECW on television. Yes. He would have had the clout, the credentials, the resume. People uh, people in the cable business would know who the fuck he is. And he could, I mean, that would probably be, I would think would be the impetus for the deal. Yeah, you're probably right. Vince says, I have connections to the TV stations. Let me buy your company. or Let me buy a stake in your company. Right. Yep. And we'll work, we'll do business together. I could see that happening. It's a desperation move. It wouldn't have been his first choice. No. But I could see him doing that to stay in the business and to rebuild himself. A few other forks here that I want to continue to take. What happens to the WrestleMania name? Because arguably, even in 1997, WrestleMania to a regular wrestling fan carries much more weight and value than Starcade. Ugh. What was it? Super Bowl was the the one that was like by WrestleMania. Yeah, it was February. Okay, well, either way, whatever their March or April pay per view, they would have just made it WrestleMania. And then they have like so they basically have the big mid year, which is WrestleMania, and then the big end of the year, which is Starcade. Yeah, and God, I can't even imagine the dumpster fire of a WCW run WrestleMania. Yeah, I mean, like, <laughs> could you imagine? Listen, it sucks for the wrestling fan in general, or it sucked for a while maybe 15 years <laughs> that uh, WCW went out of business because of the competition aspect. Right. But I think it would have been a much bleaker outlook had it been the other way around. As we talk here, yeah, Vince, like they gloated a little and, you know, he did the thing where he fired Jared on TV and they botched Most the invasion. Most of it was behind the scenes and kept off television. Yeah. And he did bring in and give jobs and tried to do business with and make money off a lot of former WCW stars. But the flip of if Turner's company bought WWF, that's bleak. You know, I'm yeah. talking like Russia bleak. You know, just gray. And you know what? I don't. Th- I don't say that because of Turner, because Turner no, no, no. was a good guy. I say that that's because right. of Eric Bischoff. Eric Bischoff's creativity or kind of lack thereof. The thing with Bischoff, I don't know how many real great ideas in a in the wrestling world he really had. He was a, he was smart as a businessman. Yeah, but with him making all of the decisions, you got to figure like Vince had Patterson, Vince right. had Bruce Pritchard, and Vince even had Cornette and Russo and Jim Ross and a lot of these really wa- Gorilla Monsoon and Vince McMahon in general had just a history in yes. the wrestling business since the seventies. I mean, he learned from a very successful promoter, his right. dad. Bischoff was a corporate twerp. 
Yeah, that like, worked in wrestling. Yeah. That knew a little bit about it. Briefly. Yeah, from 87. Yeah. So, like, he he had a history in it, but he wasn't ever really a booker. To sit, to put Bischoff in the position of the number one promoter in the country, yeah. it's just a recipe for disaster. I, I don't... Well said. Because well said. Let's just say those four go to ECW. Yeah. Taker, Sean, Brett. And Austin. And Austin, maybe Owen or something. Yeah, maybe Owen. Triple H probably would follow Michaels there. Yeah. I would see that. But think of the guys who they'd inherit, like The Rock. Yeah. Things like that. Right, right. Now, what about this? Another implication. There's a lot of them. Do the careers, because of the influx of talent to WCW, right? Yeah. Do the careers of guys like Chris Voldemort, Eddie Guerrero, Perry Saturn, do they even ever rise to the level that they were able to in WCW, no less WWF? It's interesting. Yeah, I don't know. Think about the Tyson angle that we miss out on and all the great moments from the Attitude Era. That would have really sucked is the conclusion I'm coming to. What if WCW won? It would have sucked more than March of 2001 when Vince <laughs> McMahon won. It would have sucked more. Yeah. Don't you think? It's the it's the worst of the two evils, I guess. Really? I know, because in a perfect world, or a better world, I guess, WCW would have continued longer. Maybe they'd still be around to this day. It wouldn't have been Bischoff probably the whole right. time. But they would have at least had something where they're on Vince McMahon's ass a little bit more than TNA ever was. Right. You know, or anything else ever was. Yeah. At least WCW, even in 2000 or 2001, still had name value, still yeah. had talent, still had stars. I always say this about WCW, and I think this conversation brings it out. WCW, at its very worst, was better than TNA at its very best. By default. Yes. They just were. Yeah. You're absolutely right. TNA was not even a pimple on Vince's ass. Yeah. In terms of competition. They were a bug bite. They were a bug bite. Exactly. Yeah. But WCW was the company, the only wrestling company throughout the WWF's dynasty on professional wrestling starting in the 80s yeah. that ever one up to them for any significant period of time. Yeah. I want to, I want to, before we go, I want to, really talk about the talent that would go to, to WCW because I think it's a little egregious to say like a lot of big names. This WCW would have to get some big guys. You know? They would have to get some people. I, who do you think would have gone? I would think... I could see Undertaker, Staying Loyal Events, Sean, all the guys we mentioned, but I could see... I could see Mick Foley going over because he was a family man also. That, I could see Brett. I could still, still see Brett. But but we're talking Brett in his prime still, not fucked up. Yeah, Brett not fucked up. And Goldberg might not be a factor to kick him in the head and end his career. Right. If Brett goes, Owen, Davey, and Neidhart all go. So you got the whole heart. You probably get the Hart Foundation as a faction. Yep. Uh, Goldust, possibly. Yep. Dustin Rhodes, right? He could have gone over. Goldust. Possibly some of the nation guys like D'Lo Brown. Yep. The Rock. The Rock, maybe. Yeah. Ron Simmons, I don't know. He could have. I think Ron Simmons' relationship with WCW wasn't bad or anything. No. I think he was just, his time was up there and he moved on and yeah. then he moved to WWF. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I could see Ahmed going and becoming a decent enough name there. Not a great name, but a decent enough name. Yep. Because he was a guy that didn't seem to have any ties to Vince. He just happened he, to work there. He was just a worker. He was just a worker. I could see China going wherever Triple H went, obviously, at the time. I think, personally, yeah. I think Triple H wouldn't follow Sean. I think he'd go with his DX pals over to WCW. I don't know, Quinn. That's a tough one. I think he would have stayed with Sean because he, he had to still ride that coattail there. Yeah, but he could have rode 
on Hall and Nash's coattails. They're co- they would have had way more clout than going with Sean if he had to choose at that moment. Sean going with Vince, but the gamble being taken is that if Triple H in '97, Triple H right goes to WCW, he's a very very small fish in a very large pond. Where at least if he attaches himself to Shawn Michaels' buttocks over to Vince, he could be a very big fish there. And he seemed like he always wanted to be a big fish. I think you're underestimating him attaching himself to Hall and Nash, who had absolute creative control. They were very high up the food chain in WCW. They were I, up there with Hogan. I mean, the, no one was higher than I, Hogan. But I guess my point is, is that if those two are now top dogs in the biggest company mm-hmm. by a long shot, because ECW isn't, right? Triple H, he would have just said, where can I get the best deal? Maybe like you might you might be right about that. Yeah. The other thing to consider is, and we got to wrap up here in a minute. There could have been a lot of guys jumping ship that were established in WCW anyway because of the creative control of one Hulk Hogan and Hall and Nash and a lot of these guys. You got to imagine not everyone's going to play ball together, and maybe some of these more underneath guys like Chris Jericho. Maybe he would have gone to the ECW thing we're talking about. Maybe Rey Mysterio would have and Voldemort and Malenko. A lot of the guys that were just not big stars probably would have gone over to Heyman. Sounds like the cruiserweight division would have evaporated. Well, I would think so because they've got too much damn talent now that they didn't know what to do with the talent they had anyway to begin with. Overall, it seems like it would be a massive reshuffle as soon as it happened because people would see opportunity. Because even if you go to ECW newly minted under Vince McMahon's yeah. ownership or maybe 50% stake or whatever sure. the fuck, mm-hmm. you can start anew there and Absolutely. get out from under the WCW pol- politics mm-hmm. and also a WCW running wild. I think the bottom line here, I think we've touched upon it nicely, is that it would have definitely reshuffled the landscape. I, I think the problem is that landscape would not have been as pretty to look at Despite the one that we were left with in 2001, I think, like we said, that's the lesser of the two evils is Vince winning, you know, so to speak. Yeah, You know, I just want to end it on one thing because I know it's our last butterfly. Yeah, go ahead. And I want to ask you one question. Yeah, sure. Where are we in 2018 if this happens? Vince McMahon is still in the wrestling business. Uh Uh-huh. He's probably still successful at it. I don't know that unless he significantly was able to rebuild to the point where he bought WCW and went public. You got to remember, he wasn't public until 99. Right. I don't know if there's a WWE network yet. You know what I'm saying? Do you think WCW exists under Eric Bischoff's ownership? His his group is able to successfully purchase it from AOL? Because you have to think Bischoff would have now had more cash because he would be ducking out of a company that's more successful. And I know you share stock and the better the company does, blah, blah, blah. I think, honestly, Quinn, even if WCW had prevailed in the situation we're talking about, the way that company was run, you said it at the outset, WCW would not be around anymore, one way or another. They would have spent themselves into Mm -hmm. oblivion. Absolutely, and the merger or something still would have kind of liquidated them, and maybe Vince wouldn't have bought them. Maybe they just would have not been wrestling, and maybe Bischoff would have left the business. Uh, Maybe he would have started something else. But I do think that the number one force in North American wrestling would still be Vince, but maybe on a scale of like 1993 versus yeah. the way it is now. 
And just to give you the the converse, I think you're right. WCW would have probably gone out because I, I think so. It was just a it was just a party, and it was going to spin out mm-hmm. eventually. Yep. But I think the territories would have somehow come into because I think everything would have been into chaos. The finances of everything would be different, and I think people would go their separate ways, start small companies, and would be reset back to eighty five or whatever. Shudder, shudder to think about that, but you might be right. Yeah. Folks, let us know what you think would have happened if WCW somehow, unthinkably, was able to put Vince McMahon out of business in the mid-90s. You can do that by reaching us on Twitter at OVP Podcast. You can join the Facebook group or send us an email. Well, Quinn, when we come back, we have our finale for Season 8 of Mount Rushmore and Death Valley, and that finale is coming up right after this. Nothing's bigger than the WCW, because we've got more power with WCW Power Slam Wrestlers. Power Slam Wrestlers are stronger and tougher, and nothing gets in their way. With spinning kicks, Goldberg Spear, Sting's bad attack, and Nash's powerbomb, these giants of wrestling will knock the competition down to size. Are you ready to come where the big boys play? Then you're ready for WCW Power Slam Wrestlers. Just try to top us. WCW Power Slam Wrestlers, figures and rings sold separately. Hey, it's Sean Mooney. I may no longer be in the event center, but if I was, I'd be talking about our Vantage Point Retro Wrestling Podcast. All right, boys, let's get to it. And welcome back, wrestling fans, to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Glad to be with you here for episode number 80. Quinn, we've made it to the 80s, the 1980s. Oh, wow. Yeah, so right. is everything next season going to be 80s? Yes, everything will be 80s. It'll yeah. be great. Reganomics. Yeah. You know, Back to the Future. Madonna, Ma- but, yeah. Michael Jackson. VCRs become very prominent. I've heard. Uh, so, Quinn, we're here to do the final Mount Rushmore and Death Valley of the season. This is where each week we have put, and we will continue to put, four of the best of something onto Mount Rushmore, and four of the worst go down into the desert of Death Valley. And since it's the finale, Quinn and I actually chose this one. This is not a fan request. And it is the Mount Rushmore and Death Valley of... WWF and WCW television shows. Wow. You know what my favorite thing is, Quinn, about watching wrestling? Yeah. Watching it on TV. (laughs) Oh, really? Yes, being able to see a show where there's wrestling. You mean not having to go to the arena every single time we want to watch wrestling? (laughs) Exactly. So basically what we're going to do, Quinn, is we're going to pick the four best and four worst of WCW and WWF programming. So they're both on the table. Perhaps we'll do an honorable mention or two as we go along. Maybe we should do that programming note. Haha. Before we start. All right. Why don't you you go ahead, Quinn? We were discussing this, and I don't know what the general consensus is between the two of us or whatever, but I don't know. By the end of it, we decided not to include ECW. Just because they had two shows. They only had two shows, but what I just wanted to say was that ECW Hardcore TV might be like one of the better shows of all time. Just because of its, uh, its intrigue. Yeah. It's just fun to watch week it, to week. It was new. It, there's, it was different. Like, I haven't seen a bad episode past, like, 97. Yeah, like, I haven't watched many that are after that era, though, considering to be fair. It, it was only on from 94 to 
you know, 2000, I think. 93, I think, wasn't it? 93. Oh, yeah, 93, the original. Yeah, until 2000. That's like a, a very, very good run yeah. for, for a, a wrestling television show. I, it is, and I think it should get a tip of the cap and honorable mention yeah. as a good show. And I think, conversely, the ECW on TNN show, while it had a promising start for a couple of months in 99, yeah. that really didn't turn out so well. Yeah, because they were doing... I mean, it went with the tide of the company, right? So yeah. the TNN show became the primary show, yes, and Hardcore did. TV still existed. It's in it's syndication, but obviously it got the shittier matches. Yeah, exactly. But, um, that TNN era, they were kind of like burning out because yes. they, they were the business was caving in on Paul, and he couldn't devote all his time to the creative as much. Right, and TNN wanted them to have the show look like Raw and Nitro, which they just didn't have the resources to really do. Right. Well, they weren't set up for that. At least Hardcore TV retained its grunginess. Yes, and I mean, that was part of the appeal of Hardcore TV. So I just wanted to take a moment. Quick shout be out. Be like, yeah, Hardcore TV is awesome. Okay. ECW on TNN is not as awesome. I agree. It's not probably even the worst no, either. It's no. just like not it as good. It wasn't that good. Yeah. All right, Quinn, well, why don't we get into this here? Why don't you start? I mean, you know, we, we alternate sometimes. Sometimes I have the pick, you have the stick, etc. Take the stick. What do you want to What do you want to start with here? I actually want to start with one that's probably not as obvious oh okay not um, a monday night show not a monday night show oh! but a, one of the premiere shows okay and i think if you look at its whole run it probably had the better overall what is superstars it? wwf superstars yes wow. now that was their a show from 1986 until 1993 when raw became the a show right not only that it was an outgrowth it was a renaming of championship wrestling which was their a show from like 71 right until it's, it's the successor then. to championship wrestling now do we group it with championship or it's a standalone in your opinion i think it well considering like lists consider it separate i believe okay so i don't think it's fair to say it's the same okay that's fine now make your case for superstars what about it you think qualifies it as one of the best it's during a very hot period for the WWF. Um, yeah. I mean, obviously from 93 to 90, when did Superstars formally end? The syndicated version ended in 96, and then it became the USA Network version. That lasted until like 01. Okay, yes. But that was the I, recap I version. I'm going to give it a mulligan on the recap because, I mean, that's just obvious. It just couldn't be the premiere show anymore with Raw existing. But you're talking about when it was the A show from 86 to 93. Yeah. It qualifies, you think? Oh, yeah. I mean, it was great, really. I mean, I love how how tightly it's edited and it's like perfect and there's no problems with it. it it's rapid pace and it, yes, it really it keeps going. Mm -hmm. And you, you care what happened. Like, things happen on it. Things title progress. Changes. Title changes. I can't believe it! One. It's a great little package and I, I think it's one of the best shows WWF ever produced. Um, maybe that's also because of the consistency, whereas Raw is over a couple decades and different styles of producing and stuff. They uh, they change up how the show is presented and yeah. not even just like the aesthetic part of it, but just like, you know, how professional wrestling sure. matches on television sure. are are presented in general. I'll, I'll agree to that. I think Superstars should definitely stay on the table. It was the place to find all of the top wrestlers in the WWF and get to see them in these tight packages, like you said. Yeah. Quick squash match, get to get to hear the announcers put them over, progress storylines along. Every now and then you get a big match get, and a title change. Yeah, get big matches, get title changes, a good, solid storyline development. That's how they built to their pay-per-views, mainly on Superstars back yeah. then. And I think the Superstars model is awesome because like I, I always explain this to people i say like 
the thing you have to understand about superstars is like there's all these squashes and stuff and like on its surface it might seem like shit but the reason you care when they get to like wrestlemania or SummerSlam or survivor series is because you've seen like ted dibiase do the million dollar dream 45 times yeah, right, like, right. or like you know like roddy piper put someone in the sleeper hold or you know hogan like drop someone Absolutely. like you know like oh okay they this is how they beat people yeah. this is like when they get to the match, like this is like why it matters that somebody kicks out of something. Absolutely like, you right. Know what when, I mean, absolutely right. Of all the shows that we watch, you know, we do, we've done a lot of reviews since episode number eleven. You can always count on an episode of Superstars to be, if nothing else, well paced. Yeah, and a lot of different things. Nothing really drags out. It's just like you said, it's a very well produced show. Yeah, and I am more than willing to leave it on the table. And I'm going to throw one at you. It's a Monday night show, but I'm actually going to believe it or not put Nitro. Yeah, on the table. And here's my reason why. Obviously, we know Nitro. Here's one of the cool things about it. Out of the gate in 1995, it was good. Yeah, that's saying something because a lot of these shows prior to Nitro. I mean, I mean, Raw debuted that way, too. But like, yeah. other than that, those two, Nitro, the intention of the debut was to like be like, hey, look over here. There's this other wrestling show. Like, they actually cared. Whereas wrestling programs before that were like, oh, this is just where the yeah. this Hello, company, folks. this company's <laughs> yeah. wrestling yeah, is. Exactly. Like, like, Happy New Year and welcome to Primetime Wrestling. And Nitro quickly became must-see wrestling TV which had not been done against the WWF on that type of a head-to-head scale. I don't think that must-see style had been done at all, that, you know, anything can happen. Like, the WWF would always they say it. it, but... No, but the WWF would say it, but they wouldn't really deliver on it. It was t- mostly typical WWF shit. Whereas yeah. Nitro was, like, about, like, hey, these guys just jumped from another company. Like, who the fuck was doing that? You're absolutely right, you know? Quinn. Nitro benefited from a period of time where Vince was really losing a lot of talent. Yeah. And it worked. I mean, Nitro was, in the fans' minds, again, I've always preferred WWF. Don't get me wrong. But, hell, I watch Nitro regularly over the WWF sometimes. It yeah. would be my primary because of the NWO angle, because of the different wrestlers and wrestling that you didn't get to see. There was a period where Nitro was cutting edge, believe it or not. Look at the adjective. Most wrestling shows go through angles and cycles and things like that. Whereas Nitro, I really think that if you look at its overall legacy, the NWO was that show's main story. Yeah, it was. Like, it, that That was the story that Monday Nitro was telling. It was. I mean, it started about six months into its run. Into right. Nitro's run, the NWO angle. And it never fully left the show. And I think... Whether it, that's good or bad, Yeah, I like, know. I think a lot of people retroactively look at that as a problem. Right. But you can't argue with the view, viewership. Like, people wanted to know what would yeah. happen with this thing. They didn't... I, at the time... I don't remember giving a fuck, like being like, man, I really wish the NWO would go away. Like I was like, I was just like, oh, the NWO is a fixture of Nitro. Like that is like a part of Nitro that like the faces are trying to overcome. Like there's no Nitro without the evil that is the new world odor. Odor. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) New world odor. I'll give it to you. And not only that, another point in its favor is that it had almost an entirely good run until about 99. And I'm not even talking about Russo. It was bad before Vince Russo. Yeah. But it was really good programming until maybe through the end of 98 or so until yeah. around the finger poke time. It was just a great show. A lot of cool things happened. It only had 99, 2000 were bad. And 01, it barely existed. Yeah. And we talked about the NWO too, but the uh, the other fixture was it always opening with a cruiserweight match. It did for that a was lot kind of its of, run. 
the pattern of Nitro. It was like open with a fantastic wrestling match mm-hmm. that wasn't common like in the mid nineties. Like, no, good wrestling wasn't like something On you TV. had. No. And the opening contest no. of a show. Vince would do it sometimes, but not often. Yeah. You know? Well, let me ask you this, Quinn. Is anything going to knock Nitro off? No, but I, I think this is a situation where there's a million television shows. So I don't think we should just be like willy nilly adding stuff because okay. we might be like, oh, fuck, like this show should okay. be on there. What do you want to throw at me? Uh, maybe it's time to just get to Raw just to get it over with. <laughs> you got it. Now, Raw. <laughs> yeah. The mainstay, right? Since yeah. 1993. Yeah, draws the elephant in the room of television shows. Let's put it this way. It, it was groundbreaking. You know, we've talked about that on our 25th mm-hmm. uh, anniversary special about it. Yeah. From the outset in 93, it was really cool. It's fun to, to go back and watch a lot of those early Raws. They were really fun. Right. They were really good. The problem is it got stale around 94 already. Right. <laughs> That's the problem. That's the aircraft hangar era. Yeah. yeah. And then from 94 to like late 96, it was, it could be, I and mean, sometimes it was good, but it could be very hard to watch. But then late 96 until hell, 2001. I'd say from like that raw when they were in Europe, like yeah, after yeah. that, yeah, yeah. To like the next episode when like Austin's running wild and shit. And like we're at, whenever they gave the book to Vince Russo, mm-hmm. it's the one like after that live where wire, where Russo's like, this show sucks. <laughs> like, and all that stuff, I know you <laughs> like whatever that is. It's like from that point to like, again, like late 98 ish. Yeah. It's really it, good. It's like really, really good. And then there's the, the silliness of 99, but man, 2000 of the Chris Kresge era, you know, I was talking about that. Year. Triple H and Kurt Angle storyline, that, that triangle with Stephanie I was would great. Say, you know, whereas we look at the overall WWF as kind of like dying down in 01, I think yeah. Raw as a whole still had a lot to offer up to like 2002, actually. Raw was good into 02. Yeah. Flair coming back, and then they did the brand split, and there were some interesting things. And there were some great periods of it, even in the mid and later 2000s and this past decade. Yeah, I mean, I it, it did have its great moments even after... It's heyday. Like, I think the thing to say about Raw is it's kind of the showcase of television shows, right? It's like, it's where the important things in the entire wrestling world happen. Yeah. And when you're a showcase like that, if the general gist of the wrestling world is in a downturn, Mm -hmm. you have to host that downturn, right? (laughs) That's fair. and, And that's why I don't like to knock Raw for its overall like because if you're looking at its overall it's unfair because it's like 25 years and it's like it's the ups and downs of of wrestling in general that's true quinn it's 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 the consequence of being that show yeah and we we long suffered through a lot of their their just shitty repetitive periods and where it's at now i'm not particularly fine it's better now than it was like a year or two or three ago they've fixed it they're in a bit of a renaissance with raw right now because i watched a few episodes and I was like, this is pretty like it's better. This is pretty entertaining. Like I, I I don't mind like watching through this. I think its main problem now as a television program, if we're just talking yes. and ranking and everything, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. is I think Raw suffered the problem of being the only one left. Therefore it was inflated with time. Like yeah. three hours and stuff like that. Yeah. And I, I think that I, I again like that. again, it's a consequence of it being the premier wrestling program in all of wrestling. Yeah. So it's like Here's where all the wrestling is. Yeah. We need it to be three hours. Like you're right, it's ridiculous. But it, yeah, it, it doesn't help that it's three yeah. hours. Well, we got Raw Nitro and Superstars. Is there anything else you want to add, or are we gonna start putting some stuff on here? What are you thinking? Uh, I'm talking the top of the top. 
prime time. Prime time. Right, that's an interesting one. I mean, I don't know if it would. It's certainly for comedic value. It's yeah. fun. It's it, it needs to be mentioned at, le- at the very least. The Bobby and Gorilla era from '86 to '91. The two of them at the desk and yeah. bantering and yeah. arguing. Hey, what? You're what in are you my doing chair, here? number one. You're in my chair now. You've knocked both chairs what you, over. What are you doing here? The matches. That's were, the majority of the entire that's show. The point of the yeah. show, right? Because yeah. the matches are dog shit. <laughs> Rarely does anything like, like three important things ever happened on primetime. I'll say this about the matches. Yeah. It really does, looking back, feel like you're watching a Coliseum videotape, but weekly. It, you're right. Like, 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 it's a weekly Coliseum home videotape, and it especially because it's like an hour and a half-ish, it which is. is like exactly as long as a Coliseum video. Right. <laughs> but in terms of, like, uh, must-see, I mean, maybe not at the time. We weren't around at the time. If Folks, if you were around at the time, you know, during when this was on, yeah. was it destination viewing? How, what did you think of it? I want to know. I'm interested to find out fans at the time you know? i know this about it joe it did carry some matches that maybe didn't make it to air that were of interest to fans that's true there were a lot of exclusives on there that you wouldn't yeah. find anywhere else that's true the obviously the variety show era we don't like yeah fuck with, the, that. with vince roundtable is basically middling all the all the after stuff after bobby and grill left they were all efforts to like rebrand it or yes. something and they were all bad it and, wasn't good and honestly that lasted like like you Couple said years. that went from 90 well 91 when bobby and grill left yeah february that was only like a year and a half of yeah, them or two ish yeah like it, not long is my not point it, they, they so primetime in my eyes actually had Five years of like five years of being good, like yeah, I, for what it was. For considering its run was only like seven, eight years. Yeah, no, that's it, like the majority was good. You're right about that, Quinn. Okay, so primetime's a contender. Is there a case to be made for SmackDown? I mean, I don't know if it would qualify on the Rushmore, but it's solid. It's technically eh, it's I, technically better than primetime, right? Okay, or no. I'll say this about SmackDown. Yeah, I think the beginning was good. The problem with SmackDown is it got relegated to a B show, Early. even when they tried brand splitting it. Yeah, I will say this, and this is because SmackDown's currently on. I have recently, and I haven't in a long time, like watched SmackDown. Mm-hmm. But I really, I was intrigued by a, a, the, the roster over there. So I, I, I've been checking out a couple episodes. I'm not weekly, but you know, yeah. every now and then. And I gotta say, I really enjoy that show now. It's mm-hmm. two hours. It's concise. It's to the fucking point, yep. and I like the people on it. Yeah, I mean, it's it's overall run has had a very big peaks and valleys. Obviously, it started out hot. I think ninety nine into like two thousand. Yeah, it was really good. It was almost on par with Raw for a while. Yeah, but it was consistently viewed and positioned as the B show after that for right. a long time. I will say this: SmackDown has a like. I guess it's a rich history, sort it's a of dumb name too. Yeah, but it actually it is. It's a it has a dumb name and it has like a goofy name. It does, but it is associated always with being the wrestling show, and Raw is the entertainment show. It always has Since been. It's the SmackDown Six under Paul Heyman, right? Right. And to this day, it prides itself. They say it like this is where the wrestling happens. <laughs> you know, the wrestling yeah. happens on SmackDown the and the entertainment <laughs> happens on Raw. But it's true. It's fair. It's yeah. fair. Now, Quinn, are we counting? Um, are we counting stuff like Saturday Night's Main Event or no? Because those are specials. Right? I actually think they should be counted. Well, then they got to go on. I think Saturday Night's Main Event. Uh, definitely. Come on, man. Mm. Uh, seriously, in all well, seriousness. Okay. Well, here's here's the thing. Yeah. 
I would argue if you're thinking of Saturday Night's main event, WCW Clash of the Champions. Oh, that is programming. Yep, you're right. And and here's my my argument for Clash of the Champions is that Clash of the Champions was giving you a pay-per-view quality show on television like two or three times a year. For like almost 20 years. It no, was, 10 years. Sorry. It was sorry. so cool. Yeah. Like, I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Like, anytime a Clash I, would I be on, them. I was like, this, sure. is, this is awesome. This is awesome. This is awesome. Like, I watched you know, them. I watched yeah. every single one from when I got into wrestling yeah, until they did the too. last one in 97. Yeah, and I was like mad when they got rid of it. I was me like, too. wait, there's like, where are these free pay-per-views? Yeah. They're not on TV anymore. So we're counting them, even though they're special. Yeah. I guess that's fair. That means we can count Saturday Night's main event. So let's briefly talk about that, too. That wasn't, Saturday Night's main event wasn't quite pay-per-view quality, but it was like four, six times a year. You got to see big stars, big matches, big production. Yeah. Big uh, presentation. This and this is again where the problem with um we only have four right yes we do I feel like Saturday Night's main event can only be compared to Clash of the Champions I think you're right they're the only two they're analogous and the problem yeah. is Clash probably had more moments maybe I mean it did you think yeah I mean it had the, the early ones especially in the early ones yeah. and just the fact that it's like it was treated like a real live pay per view. And we're talking like free television programming, right? I mean, right. it is quality programming. Right. I would say Saturday Night's Main Event is too, though. It's very fun. Oh, yeah. Saturday, Night had, Saturday Night's Main Event had its moments, but there's a lot of clunkers, if you think about it. The moments are sparse. Okay. It, just in Saturday Night's Main Event. Okay. Like, that's all. No, I, I agree with you. Yeah. There's a, lot, a lot of weird ones that are just like, why is, under this, the radar. Like, why is this fucking happening? It does like, start to fall off the rails in like yeah. 89. Okay. I can't personally, I'm trying to think if there's anything else I want to add to the table here. Um, I think there's one we totally didn't talk about. Oh, what is it? Oh, wait, did we talk about WCW Saturday Night? No! Okay, great. Yeah, Saturday Night, folks, that is, if Superstars was WWF's A show before their Monday Night Raw, right. Saturday Night, which obviously had a rich history. Okay. Or World Championship yeah. Wrestling, because I, I include Group the NWA years. Yeah, it's all the same. And actually, it was considered the same show. It's the, the same show. The official run dates are considered 1971 to 2000. Yes. Like, it's the same show. It's not like Championship where they're like, nope, Championship ended here no. Superstars. They just added that it was on Saturday night Correct. at some point. Like yes. They just put that on the name. WCW Saturday Night was their A show until they got Nitro. Quinn and I watched it uh, when it was probably their A show still before Nitro because you were watching WCW before Nitro, yeah, right? So yeah. was I. And then when they got Nitro, I still watched that shit until like 97. Listen, 6.05, two, two, two hours. hours of fucking wrestling on a Saturday <laughs> night when you're like 10 or 11 oh, years man. old. It was like... It was like heavy. It was awesome. It was like, oh, I don't have to go to school tomorrow, and there's a fuck ton of wrestling on TV. I loved it. Yeah. Johnny B. Bad, Diamond Dallas Page, yeah. Dean Malenko, all these guys. There was you like, know? there was like a thousand matches on it. Like, I felt like there was just like, it was just like all these people just coming mm-hmm. down, like more matches, more matches. I was, I, I, I was like dumbfounded how like how much content it was. Yeah, it really was. Like, it was awesome There was like title matches yep. like every week. <laughs> like you're like, what the fuck is this show? Like why is nobody talking about it? It was great. Yeah. I loved it. I'll, I'll be honest. I actually really loved that show mm-hmm. even after it wasn't their A show. But tonight on the Mothership right here on Saturday night. I think that, however, I think everything we've talked about is is table. I don't know if there's anything else that can truly be added to it. No, I'm, I, I, I'm trying to see. Yeah, I don't think there's anything. I Quinn. mean, would, do you think anybody would make a case for um, championship? 
Because uh, I, I know a lot of people were introduced to wrestling because of it. That's all. Yeah, it's the same model as Superstars. Obviously, the old style. Mm-hmm. Um, we haven't seen too much outside of 1982. We've seen 78. It was the same right. in 78 as it became in 82. Yeah. I think if we're going to put one of the two on, I think Superstars should be on because it's the one that we've seen more of. And just yeah, to be and, fair. I, and I think the, the thing with Superstars is that it... um. It was during a hot period. Yeah. I think when, if we're going to put something on, though, to start, I think it should be Raw. Yeah. Without Raw, there's no Nitro. With that, no superstars and no Raw. But, well, I guess. But then but again, Primetime was Raw. Primetime <laughs> was in the slot some of the time. Sometimes it was on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. But nothing like Raw had been attempted by either company before. I think Raw's big contribution is it proved a live um, television could be done on yes. regular, not pay-per-view. Yes. Weekly, weekly, no less, yeah. and they they were live weekly for a while. Then they were taped, and now obviously they're live all the time. And Nitro wouldn't have attempted to go live had Raw not tried it first. Right, exactly. It yeah. was the trendsetter. And, and to be fair, um, to WCW's credit, yeah. Clash of the Champions was live. Were it, they always live? Oh yeah, because I, I remember the end, there was huh? like fuck ups on it, like when okay. I would watch it. But I think uh, are we gonna are we gonna do the right thing and put Raw in as number one? Even though there's been years of shit, it's still it's Monday Night Raw. It's the premier <laughs> television program. Like whether you like it yeah. or not, right now it's Monday Night Raw. Okay, yeah, it always will be. All right, for number one, Monday Night Raw. I don't know though. I think number two might be Nitro Quinn. What do you think? No. Oh man, it's tough. It doesn't have to you be. You know, it's so tough because. Before we started looking, I really totally forgot about Clash of the Champions. Wow, Clash of the Champions was awesome. Listen, it was. Yeah. It was their answer to what Saturday Night's main event was. But like in a way bigger way. They actually like went bigger with it. They it, went, they were three like, hours. this is like a pay-per-view. And it's three hours. Yeah. What do they do, like four a year normally or three yeah, or something like that? Yeah, it was like, like three or two, like two three event. or four. I, I don't remember the exact schedule. It was somewhere in that range though. And in the 80s, folks, when this started, 88 was the first one. It went to head-to-head with WrestleMania mm-hmm. 4 and beat its ass. And so did so did uh, the one in 89. The fact that they had the balls to put this shit on the same day as WrestleMania and it won. Four and five. Yeah. <laughs> it cost them like, to be up a lot of money. My point is, is that Clash of the Champions is like the most trying you could possibly do on TV. Even more so than Nitro because it's a fucking pay-per-view. It essentially Live. is. It like, essentially it, is. It's a pay-per-view on TV. Okay, like, all right. It's awesome. Does it trump Nitro, though? I mean, Nitro still had the bigger moments and the bigger I, impact. I think, actually, Nitro's going to make it, too. I'm open to Clash still. I'm not ruling it out. I think it's... Okay, let's put Nitro number well, two, We right? have to. Because I think the last two are going to be fucking impossible. It's one like, of those, they're gonna right? They're going to be so hard, Joe. Okay, so let's get Nitro on there for number two. Without uh, Nitro, there's no Monday Night Wars. Yeah. And the discussion we had earlier about what would have happened if WCW won. You know what I mean? Yeah, that would have yeah. never happened. So for number two, Monday Nitro. What are you thinking? Here's the thing. <laughs> yeah. Is I, love, contemplative. I, I love Clash. Me too. But I also love Saturday Night. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Man, WCW is getting some major props I, in the programming I, department you know, I'm here. I'm surprised when I look at this because when we talk, when we're just talking television programming. Yep. WCW had a lot of good shows. Like they, they did. really did, and and consistent quality. Yeah. Just from a television basis, I understand that the last years have sullied its legacy. 
Absolutely. I get it. But they were producing great television since 1971. Yeah, that and, show. And yeah. to say that everything they did was shit because of 1999 <laughs> and like 2000 and 2001. Yeah. Like that it just undoes their legacy of great television. It seems like egregious, unfair. right? Yeah, a like, little egregious. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Ah, uh, okay. Well, here let's let's recap what's on the table here. Okay, we have prime time, which I think needs to go. Yeah, unfortunately, right. I love prime. Like I prime time is I like a it. sentimental favorite. Yeah, but it's not. I it can't stand up to Saturday night's main event, Clash of the Champions or Clash of Champions. What is it I, called? I think it's Clash of the Champions. Who cares? WCW Saturday night. Yeah, and WWF superstars. To be fair, is still yeah, a player God, there's there. There's still superstars. Oh, this is a mess. We got uh, two from each company on here, and they're pretty much the same things. In yeah. in Saturday Night's main event and Clash, you have the pay per view, you know, the pay per view style, big production, big deal, few times a year, right? The specials. And with Saturday Night and Superstars, you have the original A show that hung on yeah. past the Monday shows and was still respected. Yeah. Let's put the, each one okay. head to if head. Put, okay, if we're putting Saturday Night and Superstars head to head. Here's it's the tough, thing. Quinn. Okay, here's the thing. Yep. Superstars had a great run, right? A really great run. WCW Saturday Night had a great run. But here's my here's my thing. This is where it pains me to have to do this. Yeah. But I think Saturday Night gets the edge, and I'll tell you why. Oof. Because superstars... I don't know about this. Listen, listen, just listen. All right. After Raw, superstars was utter garbage. Yeah. But it after was. Nitro, yeah. Saturday Night was still like a thing that was like it was, treated with respect and, and honor. And like it was a great television program for a couple more years yeah. yeah the only era it got bad is like when they had thunder then they really didn't give a fuck about Saturday that's anymore. when it yeah that's when it ceased mattering was early 98 <laughs> yeah but through 97 it was still a good place to catch a lot of the depth of wcw's roster yeah that they wouldn't have time to put on nitro and the other thing is wcw saturday night or slash world championship wrestling or whatever yeah the moment that it actually has a lot more memorable moments in a lot of these very famous Ric Flair and Dusty Rhodes promos. That's true. If we're going all the way back to the mid eighties, yeah, it, it, I think it's got it. And not to mention the la <sighs> one last thing that puts it over the top yeah. is the wrestling quality was a lot better and there was more feature contests <sighs> on it every week. There were superstars is great. So no besmirchment yeah. meant here. Yeah. Okay, I know, I'll but dump it, superstars. Like, it, you're it, right. It, there, there's a lot of uh. arguments to be made. Sorry, one more thing. Yeah, just the fact that mm. this fucking Hurts. show was such a threat that Vince bought its time slot. <laughs> well, I don't know if it was because it was a threat or because he was just being Vince Quinn. No, but it also the 605 on TBS slot it was, was a so by then. established, so known, so highly rated and watched. It's true. Should say a lot about the work they did prior to '84. Yeah, and we're counting the whole run of the show, right? I mean, right. the '80s version yeah. is really great. This was a this <sighs> they built a prestigious show slash time slot that was coveted by Vince himself. It's indeed a pleasure to be associated with WTBS, and we promise to bring you the greatest in professional wrestling entertainment in the world today. <laughs> <sighs> okay, I'll, I'll take I'll take superstars off now. Before we put Saturday night on Clash or Saturday night's main event, Ugh. 
You've made your case for Clash. Yeah. My case for Saturday Night's main event is this. It had Hulk Hogan all of the time. Almost all of them had Hulk Hogan. And I will say this. Saturday Night's main event, while shorter, is... It's more fun. It is more fun. Because Clash has to deal with the fact that it's a regular sized pay-per-view. So sometimes yes. you get you got a week on her car occasionally. Absolutely. Um not to say Clash didn't have its moments. It certainly did. Yeah. But Saturday night's main event was your chance a few times a year, right? To see the voices of Vince McMahon and Jesse Ventura putting over the latest angles. High profile matches. Guys like Blow offs. Blow offs sometimes, right? Yeah. And guys like Randy Savage and Hulk Hogan and the Ultimate Warrior and all the big stars of the 80s into the 90s. Not only that, if we're including the main event specials under yeah, the umbrella. Yeah, the highest rated television show to ever happen. I mean... It is under the umbrella. I don't care what they say that it's different. It's really, under the umbrella. Come on. It's the same fucking logo. They just took Saturday Night off of it. Like, <laughs> and they it's put the bar. same damn show. It is. Like, it's just shorter, right? It's the same thing as World Championship Wrestling turning into WCW Saturday Night. It's right. the same. It's in reverse. Yeah, they just moved it to Friday for yeah. a few times, right? Yeah. So I would say as great as Clash could be, that stagnated more as the 90s wore on because I, I saw some of those later ones and even though we liked them as kids, yeah. they didn't matter by then because no. they were doing we- the monthlies. The perception was that they mattered. Like, as we were watching them, yeah. they seemed like, whoa, this is awesome. But like, you could tell that they didn't. Yeah. Where Saturday Night's main event, it, it did start to fall off around 89, 90, maybe around the time the yeah. Warrior got the title. Bobby Heenan has selected Haku for the honors. Ultimate Warrior, your thoughts. It sucks. There's a few that are pretty bad in the 90s, but most yeah. of the ones from the 85 onward are really entertaining. Yeah. Are really fun. Have humor mixed in, you know, because it was filling Saturday Night, Saturday Night Live's time slot, so they do a little sketches and stuff. Yeah. I love Saturday Night's main event. I don't know that I can sit down and watch any random Clash and have the same enjoyment that I can to watch any Saturday Night's main event. Yeah, maybe the thing to be said about Clash is you had to be there to the enjoy time, yeah. Clash. Right. Whereas with Saturday Night's main event, they hold up. Okay, can we agree then that we're going to put on Saturday Night's Main Event and WCW Saturday Night? Sure. Let's just fill those final two spots. Both sound effects have to play. It's the rules. And just for you, Quinn, I'll put Saturday Night on first, okay? Sure. (laughs) So for number three, WCW Saturday Night or World Championship Wrestling, etc. And for number four, Saturday Night's Main Event. Well, to recap for Donnie, our Mount Rushmore of WCW and WWF programming is Monday Night Raw, Monday Nitro, Saturday Night, and Saturday Night's main event. Every show has (laughs) the name of the day on it. That is our Mount Rushmore of WWF and WCW programming. Uh, Quinn, you got to start with one of the best, so if you don't mind... I'm going to start with one of the worst. It might not be the worst or anything like that, okay? But I'm just going to throw one out there. It's a really crappy show. (laughs) Tuesday Night Titans. I wanted to start with that, too, because (laughs) what the fuck with that show? Why? I hate it. (laughs) Like, this is the problem. Go ahead. Vince was so big on being entertainment. Even then. He said, why don't we just take the wrestling out completely (laughs) and just have the wrestlers, like, just do entertainment. Meanwhile, these guys, like, we're not... This era is just starting. These guys are not, like, that kind of entertainer. They're not TV personalities. Hogan's a rare breed. Hogan and Piper are rare breeds. You can't have, like, fucking Adrian Adonis, like, come on and expect to, like... 
entertain me like it's an episode of Johnny Carson. Right. Like, if, what the fuck? His way as he has been since uh, he very entered, uh, entered the first uh, match in the World Wrestling Federation from Auckland, New Zealand. Would you welcome, please, Tony Garea? That's what the <laughs> fuck were they thinking with that show? Like, it, it's insane to me. And folks, just in case you need a little background on Tuesday Titans, it started in 1984. We're talking pre-WrestleMania. Vince McMahon has time on the USA Network, and this is what he does with it. Mm-hmm. Who do they think he was? This was ballsy. Like, yeah, it like, really was. And not to mention, it looks so cheap. The set is yeah. so bad. Like, even for the standards of 1984, it looks bad. I agree with you 100%. It's bad looking. Yes. Like it cheap. looks like it's filmed in the back of the office in Connecticut. <laughs> like it, it's so horrible. Like, I don't know how he put this in the can and USA Network thought it was acceptable to put on the air. But I guess we'll find out about that later in this episode. Yeah, exactly. With stuff that USA Network puts on the air. <laughs> That's a good point. However, this show looks like shit. <laughs> and not only that, it's uh, it gets worse. Because Vince leaves at one point and it's the Mean Gene version. And Mean oh. Gene's just not cut out to do this. This is like leaving Mean Gene holding... I think I said this to you once about how... When Vince knows something's failing, oh god, yeah, this is almost like one like his friend Trump tends to do. <laughs> um, when he knows something's gonna fail, he gets the fuck out yep, of there and yep. leaves some other person to hold the bag. Yep, and he leaves Mean Gene to hold the bag, and like, like we're supposed to think that this show went downhill because of Mean Gene, right? But it-, it was a horrible idea to begin with. You know, there's some uh, some rather interesting reading in the latest edition of the World Wrestling Federation magazine. King Kong Bundy's on the cover. You're right. <laughs> it's all Vince. Don't act like it isn't. And you know what? Just to show you how Vince thought it was so fucking good, right? Yes. Like, do you realize it was like one of the first things on the network they archived? Do you remember that? Yeah. I, I was like, I couldn't believe it. Yeah, it was like, put on very early. And you know that's because Vince is like so ah, proud ah, of it. I love that. I'm Johnny Carson. So <laughs> like, I wish I could do it now. Yeah, like, <laughs> like he would too. He would if Vince if if Vince could get a television company to pay him to have like a late night show, <laughs> he would do it in a fucking heartbeat. <laughs> like you know it. <laughs> Well, like, like even as an eighty-five-year-old man or whatever, eighty-five, whatever. At least you've made your feelings, though. Do you want to? Yeah. Do you want to put get one it out of here? We're putting it on Death Valley already. It's horrible. Okay, like, it doesn't. It, it doesn't deserve to exist. Okay, let's put it on for number one Tuesday Night Titans. Die, die, die! <laughs> I horrible. Didn't, I didn't know you'd have such a volatile reaction. Oh God, I hate that show so much. <laughs> like the more I've seen, like of WWE and WF, I realize that that is like it's really bad primo the worst shit ever it is primo like, yeah. yes very primo what's a, another one that you really don't like do you got thunder Ugh, yeah yeah thunder was good for what about a month not even <laughs> an episode the only good episode ever is the one where it's like and the number one contender is bill goldberg and like that was the end of night and thunder like there was just never a purpose for it after that what a piece of dog shit that show was i mean honestly Even bischoff didn't want to do it like, no one wanted to like it was totally the brass up at at turner like 
It's it's succeeding. We need another show now. We need to capitalize. And apparently it was supposed to be a vehicle for Bret Hart, who they had just signed. And Bret's like, yeah, they were going to use Thunder to promote me, but it didn't you know, work out that way. Listen, they say that, but for, they're full of shit, aren't they? Full, all they wanted was just more wrestling because yeah. it was getting good ratings. Yeah, they they because they, 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 it sucked. I feel like that's like a retroactive thing that they wrap it around Bret Hart. Like, yeah, you might like, be right. Like because it was coincidental with the it timing. Was, they wanted to do it a year before he was even involved. You're right. Like, yeah. They they always wanted that that yeah. slot, an extra slot. Yeah, yeah. Thunder was one of those shows that maybe it had a uh, bit of buzz in its first couple of months. Right. Not saying it was good, but it had some buzz. But quickly, it was apparent by mid '98, even starting in January. That it was unnecessary. That it was unnecessary, and that you didn't need to watch it. It's analogous to me with Sunday Night Heat. WWE. Yeah. Now, that's not one of the worst, but it's not good. It got really bad really fast. The MTV era. Remember yeah. that? And when they would yeah. host it from WWF New York, the <laughs> yeah. restaurant era. Actually, actually, it might be one of the worst. It's pretty bad. I told you this is my show. I told you MTV stands for more Taz victims. But like Heat started in August of 98. Remember that? Yeah. And but- it was three episodes mattered and then it was like nope the halftime one is the most memorable one and then there's just never again after that That never fucking again will there be Sunday Night Heat that's good that might be it's saving grace actually was a halftime heat other than that it's a pretty (laughs) damn bad show but Thunder like I said has the moment that's not even wrestling where they announce that Goldberg is gonna fight Hulk Hogan on Nitro that next week they could have just said that on Saturday (laughs) night like they didn't need Thunder for that yeah you're right Bad show. Yeah. Didn't matter. No one cared. There was one point, I forget when, maybe 99 or 2000, where they literally just started taping it during the Nitro. <laughs> I think it was either taped before or after Thunder Nitro. was taped during Nitro. That's really bad. They first moved it to Wednesdays. What did because- they, what they do Saturday night? Like how I don't they, even know if they were taping Saturday night because I thought Saturday night was taped during Nitro. Also, they might have stopped doing matches on Saturday night by that point. Yeah. But what they did is they. SmackDown kicked Thunder's ass, obviously. Mm-hmm. They moved Thunder to Wednesdays, and then eventually it was just taped during Nitro. It's real. Thunder is... It was really shitty. I have to hold off on putting it on the table, though. Really? No, it, it has to be on the table. On the table, like, sorry. But that, I mean, it's like notoriously shitty. It's really bad. as a bad video game named after it yes, as well. please review WCW Thunder. <laughs> Scotsman. Yeah. But, Quinn... Have you ever seen less effort put into a show than WWF Spotlight? Hello once again, everyone. I'm Craig DeGeorge, along with Lord Alfred Hayes. A pleasure to welcome you once again to Wrestling Spotlight. To be honest, um, do you okay. see that piece of shit? <sighs> Here's the thing with Spotlight. This is their I, I'm not C gonna, show. Listen, I'm not going to defend it. This is the only thing I am going to say. Is that Ian Mooney? Hi, everybody. I'm Ian Mooney. <laughs> yes. Like, I will say, like, it seems like somebody was having fun with it. Like, it's not like it's not like a redheaded stepchild as much as it's just like we don't really have the budget for this. Like, pretty much. Yeah. So, it's, it, it's like there was care. There's a little ca- minor care. Yeah. Like people that are filming it are almost like having fun while they're filming it. Because it's so like inconsequential. <laughs> it's basically like if prime time only had a B show. Yeah. <laughs> like it's the B show of prime time. Like, it is because it's two people from like a shittier set. Yeah. Recapping stuff. It's like a worse version of prime time. You're now, right. And it has a lot of memorable episodes because there's there's Ian Mooney and Elizabeth. 
There's Vince and Elizabeth. Yeah. There's Ian Mooney and Sherry like <laughs> twice. Just the fact that there's Ian Mooney might save it. <laughs> yeah. Ian Mooney. <laughs> the whole Ian Mooney thing in general. Only on Spotlight. <laughs> Only on Spotlight. Why? Like, and it was like this big mystery until we talked about yeah, it. We like, had to ask him more. Like, what the hell was that? The fact that we're the only people who gave a fuck about the Ian Mooney mystery <laughs> is weird. What the hell was the deal with Ian Mooney? Well, they needed somebody to host that show. <laughs> uh, like, <laughs> here's what's baffling to me about Spotlight. Joe, I didn't notice it until I'm looking at it. This was on until 95? Yeah. Huh? Yeah. Well, like, when? Well, apparently... When, I, when was it on okay. past 89? So, we have a friend, uh, Richard Land, you guys know him. He's a collector. He loves wrestling. I've asked him. He's never even seen an episode past, like, 92, I don't think. I didn't even know there was any in the 90s! Exactly! That's why it's one of the worst. Uh, oh, my... Man, like, no one cared about that show. They should have called it Blacklight, because it sure exposed a lot of stains. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah. Is that going to make it... Uh, I mean, it's it's worse than Thunder, I think. Or maybe not. I don't know. Hmm. It might not be worse than Thunder. I would make a case, Quinn, that Shotgun... Besides the first, yes. like, six? Uh, I was actually, I wanted to discuss this. Shotgun. The concept of the first, like, six was great. Yeah. From the Night Mirage yeah. Nightclub and Grand Central Penn Station and all right. that shit. Fine. Something with gold dust on an escalator. And then it just became something they taped before Raw and no one watched for years. You know what years. the problem with Shotgun to me is? Is, like, they had something and they just, they were like, nah. I like, they couldn't it, afford it. I don't know, because it was a, such a cool show. It was a cool concept, and, yeah. And you know what? It was the closest thing they got to competing with how ECW was. Yeah, that was the whole idea. Right. That was definitely the idea of it, to give it that underground, grungy, lower-budget feel. Anything could happen. It was cool. It was cool. I liked it a lot, the, the early few, you know? But, Not that the matches were good, but it was no, just it, it was just the, the just wildness different. of it. It's like yeah. oh, I felt like a lot of matches were, for some reason went out the outside the ring. Like Oh, they did. Yeah. Oh, they absolutely did. They would brawl anywhere. The problem is after only a few, it became a show that was just taped before Raw. It's like they got cold feet and yeah. they were like, You take this, Kevin Kelly. Oh god. Yeah, I you know what I mean. I know what you mean. And then they dress it up as shotgun challenge and, and there was New York. WWF New York. Whatever you call it. And <laughs> they then had forty five different names. And then I want to group Jacked and Metal under that because it's pretty much the same thing that they <laughs> renamed it. That yeah. whole syndicated like Here's this bullshit that no one wants to watch in 2001. I have a more important question. Yeah. Why did Super Astros need to exist? Honestly. Well, they were trying to tap into the uh, the Mexican and Spanish-speaking market. Joe, I'm not... Let, can, I know. Hold, give me a minute. Go ahead. With the way they treated that, <laughs> with getting the likes of heavy metal and midgets <laughs> and all, all this bullshit, yes. there is no fucking reason... For Super Astros to exist. I'm not... That, that's the people that were on that show! I'm not going to... <laughs> <laughs> How can you condone Super Astros? Quinn, it's an insult! It wasn't for us. <laughs> that doesn't not, make it... It's not for anyone, really. It wasn't for anyone. <laughs> even, okay, even if you lived in Mexico, probably, and wanted to watch <laughs> WWF, right? Yeah, okay. You didn't want to see heavy metal. You wanted to see The Rock. <laughs> you didn't give a fuck about this. Hola, amigos. Bienvenidos a los super, super, super astros de Univision. What is this? Does this count? It's garbage. <laughs> Does it count? 
it always upset me and I would always run into it like on the Philly version like, like when I would go down to my dad's because like when you live in New Jersey right you're split like, yeah and my parents like lived only like a couple miles from each other but one was like past the point where like the cable station would give you the mm-hmm. Philly station sure so I would like see this and I'd be like what the fuck is this show like it's like I didn't even think heavy metal was employed and here he is on a weekly show. <laughs> How? How? It really upsets you that much? I hate it. I've been waiting since episode one to talk about <laughs> Super Astros. I'm serious. Like, you always kind of like, eh, don't talk about yeah, Super Astros. <laughs> it sucked. I'm done defending it. Like, by not, by being quiet and staying silent. <sighs> it is horrible. Lo siento, senor. Olé. All right, it's it's a poor attempt by the WWF to like do lucha libre. <laughs> Very poor. Yeah, you want to put it on? Yeah, it counts. It qualifies. It has to. It, 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 you're it right. Had, it had a, its own show, ninety-eight to ninety-nine. All right, for no- <laughs> I guess we'll do it then. <laughs> for for numero dos, muerte, 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 los super astros. Die, die, die. Yes. Now. When you talk about Super Astros, right? No one does, but yes, when you talk about it. Super Astros is like supposed to be for a different nationality, national audience, right? Yes. Like a, it's definitely like, not for Tony in Iowa. Right. I don't know what the guys there doing with the mask on there. Right. But when you're sometimes you want to do another audience, maybe a more hardcore audience, right? Oh, I know where you're going. I was going to go there too. Let's go there together, Clint. Let's take the plunge. I'm talking about. ECW WWE WWE version version. yes exactly how's that for chemistry folks fuck that fuck that show yeah seriously that was good for half an episode (laughs) maybe until until a vampire showed up and a zombie and all that god Kevin Thorne and fucking Boogeyman Elvira or whatever her name was yeah but not Elvira yeah holy shit did they not try after like a week of that that was horrible (laughs) ECW on sci-fi Remember that? Remember that was the third brand? Yes. It was a brand. Remember how like they sent CM Punk there to die initially? Like they awful. I seriously thought that they they thought, and eh, nobody will care about this CM Punk guy if we sent him over to ECW. A terrible idea. Like, that was a terrible idea. Because you know what's funny? People were watching it because of him initially. Yeah, I know. I know <laughs> they were. He was like the big cornerstone, right? Yeah, and I don't think that was on purpose. It's it wasn't. Like, it was like all of a sudden the indie people are like, wait a second, CM, CM Punk's going to be on ECW. Yeah. I'll watch that. And then they were in store for zombies and vampires. So. You know, the problem with that show was they got a big boner because Paul Heyman helped put together the first one-night stand in 2005. And it was good. The year before. Yeah, and it was great, right? And then the second one went well. well. Went well. So they thought, okay, well, this is going to work if, if he can do two of them. Yeah. I mean, but the problem is when Vince McMahon is meddling in shit and you're on the sci-fi network and they <laughs> and sci-fi is like, no, we need supernatural characters. Yeah. Like boogeymen and zombies and vampires. The zombie! The zombie? The zombie? The zombie? What is this? Their balls were tied. Their balls were cut off by barbed wire. This is what happens when Vince touches something he shouldn't. This is the reason why NXT is the way it is right now. Because the company knows that when Vince meddles in stuff that he doesn't know about, Mm -hmm. that it gets ruined. 
It was ruined. Yeah. That was a very, very bad show. Uh, NXT Game Show was its successor, and that was no better. Can we talk about that for a that second? That was horrible, too, so Quinn. I, does that count as um, different? Yes, that was its uh, own yeah, show. But does that count as NXT, no. is what I mean? No, that's a, that was a, that's a rebranding. The new NXT that started in, what, 2012 or something like that? Yeah, or 11, cur- maybe. The current one. That's separate from that show. Yeah, Horrible. the fact that they're still like kind of nudging at it to this day with the Miz and Daniel Bryan. Yeah, dude. I know. That's like, kind of it, funny. It's based out of that. I know. I know it is. I know it is. Yeah. And my NXT rookie is Daniel Bryan. Daniel Bryan is an internet darling. However, I'd say ECW, the show, is worse. Mm, right? Yeah. Wouldn't you? Yeah. I mean, the NXT game show was shitty, but yeah. ECW, the show. Yeah. You know what, what are you chuckling at, Chuckles? <laughs> I just was reminded uh, because of NXT Game Show and ECW and all that wackiness of yes. another show from the wacky era. What? The only half an hour wrestling show to ever happen. Saturday oh. Morning Slam. Yeah, that was fine. That, that's a happy one, though. That one's good. Is it, though? Yeah, that's fine. Well, okay. I Brian just, Danielson as the Dazzler. The, so, yeah, Daniel Bryan had a different character on The Dazzler. It. Was the Dazzler. With the hair. Yeah, with, he would have, like, a, 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 hook. a hook in his hair, <laughs> and he was evil, was and he would talk about fighting bears and stuff. Yes! A bear! It was and a it was only show. a half an hour. It was a half hour show. And it was on, like, the CW on, like, yeah. Saturday morning that's cartoons. Right. You're right. Let's do a quick elimination round here, Quinn. I'm going to put two things head to head. You tell me what's worse, okay? Okay. Thunder or heat? Worse. Thunder. Okay. Uh, I agree. Yeah. Thunder. I agree. Thunder's okay. worse. Spotlight or shotgun? Mm. I know. Oh, that's hard because... Sh- shotgun saving grace see, but, is the first few episodes. But Spotlight's got some charm to it. Spotlight also can't be found on TV after like 1990 somehow. <laughs> I don't understand. Where like, is it? Wait, like, was it ECW Hardcore TV? Like, where did it go? Yeah. <laughs> I, somebody needs to find the lost Spotlight episodes. Well, you know one of the best things about watching TV is being able to fucking find it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what, like, was it even in the TV guide? No, I, don't, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Um, but Shotgun's like so pointless after <laughs> you know what i mean shotgun itself was hard to find if you recall yes. because but after a certain point i believe shotgun was on at like four in the morning or something <laughs> they just like, didn't they, care anymore yeah and it, it was just, on for it so long existed to show us like takamichi noku matches <laughs> and stuff and then it became jacked in metal from like 99 to 02 <sighs> i don't know i think shotgun might be worse you than think? spotlight i mean they're both really bad well wait a second here what yeah. about like WCW Prime and Power Hour and all that crap? Well, Prime's fun. Yeah, it's the Prime, yeah. baby. Chris Cruz and Dusty Rhodes. <laughs> what they don't about give Pro? A shit. Pro was okay. Pro was like challenge. What's the one where they were in the spinning ring? Pro is that Worldwide? Both. Like they did both from <laughs> okay. there. Sometimes Pro and Worldwide to me are kind of like challenge. They're yeah. just they're okay. Right. I don't know about a. I don't know about Power Hour being good. I didn't watch enough of it. I don't what know about, how that what was. What was that one? Because I don't see it on here, but it was called the main event. I remember NWA main event. Yeah. Oh, WCW, WCW main, main event. event. Okay. Yeah. That was like a kind of a prime time. That was like their prime time where okay. they recap stuff. Okay. At a desk. I would say this, Quinn. I would None s- of those are worthy, you think? No. Of being the worst. WWF had worse. Okay, then. That's I mean, honestly. Fine. That's fine. Some of these clunkers we're talking about with WWF, WCW- right? 
had a definitive worst show, but nothing else was worse. Correct. Thunder is it. Okay. Like, you want to put Thunder on and then yeah. we'll just we'll pick the best of, right. or the, <laughs> the worst one. All right, so. th- that's actually like a credit to WCW in a weird way. It's like they had a definitive bad show, but it was contained to that show. Yeah, I mean, I the, could, their programming wasn't stellar, but nothing like uh, nothing on the level of shotgun shittiness and yeah. NXT game show and stuff. You yeah, know what I'm saying? Yeah, exactly. So for number three, Thunder. Die, die, die. All right, Quinn, I just want to make a quick honorable or dishonorable mention here, uh, just so <laughs> people don't think we forgot. Mania, not the worst thing ever, but not great. I mean, it's funny because the, the Todd Petty poop in the yeah. in, his, in his studio or whatever. But it's a recap show. Yeah. It's not offensive. What's so, that Action Zone? I was going to bring up Action Zone 2. Glass Table era. That's more of like a primetime successor where Todd and Doc recapping. Right. But early on, don't forget, Action Zone early on had exclusive matches that were kind of good. Yeah, that's true. So I, it gets a pass. Okay, fair enough. Uh, and Challenge, obviously, is fine. We didn't talk about Live Wire. <sighs> That's yeah, Livewire is like a double-edged sword. It started me. good because it's like groundbreaking at the beginning. It's like very interesting. It's, cool. it's one of the most fascinating things I've ever seen. Like, yeah, it starts it's, great. It's unbelievable. Mm-hmm. But then they just don't give a fuck. Like after, like it's literally like this happened on Raw. Like, yeah, that's what happens is when they stop the live call-in aspect in 97. Yeah, like in the same year it debuted. Yeah, then it just doesn't matter anymore. But again, it, it for like it's hard to put a, a straight recap show into the worst. You know what I'm saying? That's true. So you know what? In that vein then, Quinn, I think Spotlight should get a pass because okay. it was a recap show. Yeah, maybe we should give some recap shows um, a little bit of leniency. I wouldn't give them a pass if they had other stuff on Right, them, but, but Spotlight maybe had an exclusive here. There's same thing with All-American. Yeah. And, it, and Mean Gene was funny during his era of All-American. Yeah. In the control room. I can't room. stand that show, though. I don't know. No, it's not uh, a good I, show. I, I, the, the early All-Americans are fine with Gene, but then that weird, like, 93 rebranding with Bobby and everything. I don't like that era, where they're, in, where they're green-screened in front of, like, different landmarks yeah, and stuff like, like that. traveling, yeah. allegedly. That's stupid. Then, I, I don't know, Shotgun, ECW, and uh, NXT Game Show all had new wrestling. That was, like, their mm-hmm. point. They weren't recap shows. Well, did NXT Game Show have wrestling uh, on true. it? That's <laughs> true. But <sighs> it was about wrestling. Yeah. Let's be fair. Like, come on. No one liked it, though, right? Did people like that? I don't remember anyone liking it. I remember it. feeling insulted that it existed. <laughs> like, I'm serious. Like, <laughs> like, I had a big problem with that show. Like, That's what I'm saying. Because they had... All they had to do was put on developmental matches. Right. Like, that's all they had to do. All they had to do. Instead, they had, a, like, obstacle ch- courses and physical challenges, and it was, like, double there with wrestlers. Uh, good time here by Michael McGillicuddy. I don't know what's worse, McGillicuddy's or the coal miners. On NXT Game Show, you got to hear such great names as Husky Harris. Yeah. And Michael McGillicuddy. All Some of, which, of the worst by, names! All, all of which, by the way, are currently on the roster as Curtis Axel and... Bray Wyatt. Bray Wyatt, but... That doesn't make to it be, better. To be one fair point to NXT Game Show is yeah. that the, everyone that was on that actually became something. Like, that, like, and that they technically say, like, that's in the canon. Like, they yeah. are, like, real people. Then you know what? I'm gonna wipe that off the table. Are you serious? I think for e- all its stupidness, I think ECW on Sci-Fi is was a, a worse thing are to you, happen. Are you saying it because ECW had a lot more contributions of bad, like that, and you know the disappointment factor? Uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They're finally bringing back ECW, and then they spend four years of this show 
parading around like this brand fucking matters. Like the winner of the Royal Rumble is really going to choose the ECW title. But they might, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> they should have done it once. like Just, just to uh, fucking establish yeah. that Because it doesn't fucking matter anyway. They could just, uh, no way out, have them like fight for the SmackDown. Like, really, why couldn't they just give ECW that? Like, I don't know. Could they just help them for once? Like, no, that's like, the thing is they couldn't. Yeah, like they they couldn't. It's they own it. They don't have it in their heart to help one of their own programs. <laughs> like, are they fucking serious? They might be fucking serious. I think I think that's one of the worst shows. I mean, it yeah. was on for a long time, four years. Yeah, it was under the ECW banner, and it was a big slap in the face to what ECW really was supposed to be about. Yeah, and it, it died the day Bobby Lashley won the title. Like that's <laughs> literally the day it died, if you recall, because there was still hope. Even with the vampires and the zombies, because they were putting on good matches yeah. every week. But then Lashley wins the title. Paul leaves out of protest, and that show goes down the tubes. Number four, yep. are you okay with that? Sure. Just because from it's harder to judge NXT game show as a conventional wrestling show. <laughs> it was bad. Don't get me wrong. But you're right. The guys on there are in the business. It gave us that. It gave people jobs and like something at the very least and somehow it, it is the, the the origin point of the Daniel Bryan and Miz feud which is just fucking bizarre in the first place and it was the catalyst for the NXT that we have today the good programming so no, no Saturday morning slam just because of the Dazzler no come on that's fine yeah the <laughs> Dazzler alright let's do it Quinn I think it's time sure for number four ECW on sci-fi die 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 well, that's our Mount Rushmore and Death Valley to recap the Death Valley here for Donnie. We have Tuesday Night Titans, Super Astros, WCW Thunder, and ECW on Sci-Fi. Don't go out of your way to watch any of those. <laughs> that is our Mount Rushmore and Death Valley for episode number 80. Quinn, get your hula skirt on and get your lay ready because we've got a flight to catch. We're going down to Hawaii because when we come back, we're reviewing something right after this. They may tear you limb from limb. I'm gonna tear you limb from limb! They may fight you to the end. We're gonna fight you to the end. They may even call you names. You're dumb! You're stupid! These guys know how to hit where it really hurts. Believe me, folks, they do not all come like that. Oh, but they do. And you love it. WWF Primetime Wrestling Monday at 9 and All-American Wrestling tomorrow at noon, only on USA. Race to Hulk Hogan, Ray Flair to The Rock, Sting to Steve Austin. You're listening to our Vanish Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. And welcome back, wrestling fans. Aloha to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast for episode number 80, the season 8 finale. Aloha, Quinn. Aloha. We've uh, arrived. From Hawaii. Yes, we're here. Uh, folks, we're reviewing something. Yes. <laughs> this is quite a uh, an undertaking, if you will. So, Back in 1996, perhaps buoyed and inspired by the success of a lifeguard sexy sensual show. Yes. Someone in the USA Network decided, let's put on a sexy sensual show involving bicycle cops. Right. Uh, Baywatch on bikes, I believe it was called back in the day, as they say. It was somewhat uh, derogatorily. And uh, it is Pacific Blue. It ran on the USA Network from 1996 until 2000. And it was a show in the vein of Baywatch with yeah. the literal plot device being instead of lifeguards doing their shit, mm-hmm. 
They were bicycle cops doing right. their shit. Otherwise known as Pack Blue, yes. as the ads used to say. <laughs> yes. Watch Pack Blue. Catch Pacific Blue on USA Sunday nights at eight. Before we get into this episode, I know you have some thoughts about this yeah. show in general. The episode we're watching, by the way, folks, is called Blue Hawaii, and it's actually part two of a two-parter. We will recap part one, right? Based on Pack Blue's recap of part one, right? Because I think that's. We don't need to watch the first one. No, 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 we don't. <laughs> Based off the second one, definitely. But <laughs> And this is August of 1999, for the yeah. record. So this is the tail end of the show. This show capped off the 90s. It really did, Quinn. What do you think about it in general? Like, I feel like this time period, right, of cable television in general is very interesting. It's, okay. It's during an era when they were just throwing away money just to, like... <laughs> fill their shitty schedules <laughs> with shows. You're like right. Like Silk Stalking oh, and yeah. crap like that. Little Femme Nikita. This show, you know what? It, it's weird. It reminds me, because of the way it's like a derivative off of something else, mm-hmm. but a derivative off a shitty show. Yeah. It reminds me a lot of that show, and I don't know even why it reminds me of this show, but it reminds me of that show where um Kelly from Say by the Bell... <laughs> Remember she was like a slutty secret yes. agent and yes. like no one watched that show? After she was on, a, what was she on, Melrose Place or 90210? She's on a bunch of yeah, stuff. Yeah, after that, sure. I also remember you saying something, Quinn, that this is kind of the pre-reality reality TV era. Yes, <laughs> like reality TV is starting to um, garner some crap with the real world and stuff. Mm-hmm. And this is that era where it's like, we got to make everything sultry and sexy, just like reality TV, but Fake. scripted yeah, yeah. <laughs> scripted and kind of cheesy yeah did you watch a lot of it i would because you know, i was bored i had nothing to do and the show was boring like most of these shows sucked they did a lot of these shows in this vein really did folks yeah. you know the type of shows we're talking about it's scripted serial drama that throws in just enough romance and sex to try to hook everybody enough action yeah and it's just it's just such an odd era for yeah. tv in general i mean this is a time period where people thought that 80s show <laughs> was a good idea like <laughs> You like you're right. The ideas being ballied around were all terrible, like campy, cheap shit. Yeah. Or like, here's some other show that's successful, and like, let's make it like that. That's literally yeah. what happened at the turn of the turn of the century, I guess, yeah. if you will. Right. Yeah. There was a lot of that going on. Turn of the millennium. A lot of forgettable TV shows. Pack Blue was a uh, middle of the road. It wasn't especially bad, but it wasn't good by any means. Yeah, it was, I, you know, I was looking into this show, and it's kind of like a joke amongst the Hollywood industry. Like, right. there's an episode of Entourage, or <laughs> yes. there's multiple episodes yes. of Entourage where Johnny, Johnny. Drama, yep. like, his biggest role ever was being in Pack Blue, <laughs> yeah. like, a couple times. You're like, absolutely right. Like, but that, like, should tell you what, like, the industry thinks of this show, that they yeah. would make jokes like that. Mm-hmm. I also know that the, um, one of the stars in this, I think the sexy Hawaiian girl, whatever she is. Yeah. I don't even know her name. I know who you I mean. think she's married to Travis Barker from Blink. Yeah. From Blink and yes. she was on a reality show Meet like after this yes. where she would like mention that she was on Pac Blue. Yeah, like that's some big accomplishment, yeah. right? That's yeah. that's the biggest thing. Because our love is anything but average. So let's get right into this here. Previously on part one, Slater, AC Slater, and some others volunteer for a Hawaii training trip, which turns out to be an undercover sting. A lot of them, I think, were having sex, Quinn. Basically, (laughs) once you watch this episode, it seems like it was a sex trip. (laughs) I mean, I thought this the whole time I was watching this and just thinking about, don't you think they're a little in over their heads with what this operation turns out to be. Uh, yes. Yeah. Yes. They're bicycle cops going down to Hawaii 
for a sting. Now, they're based out of California. I don't know what they're doing down in Hawaii, but you did say, Quinn, good action in yeah. the uh, recap there. In the recap, there was a lot of good action. Um, <laughs> I saw Slater in some butthead. I think he's a douche man you referred to him as. Yeah, I call him douche. douche. Douchey guy. I don't know what his name is. He just looks douchey. <laughs> they get into a fight with some Hawaii cops or something. They kind of argue over how they're going to handle this. Apparently, yeah. what it is, folks, there's a giant meth ring going on right now, or Bahu, or Ice, or Beijing cocktail, as they yeah. say. And just so many names. Yeah. And- like, no, there's like literally yeah, in the recap, they, they're they're like recap the recap. There's like they're like, oh, we're gonna we're gonna stop the Bahu, and then he's like Bahu, yeah, yeah you know ice, ice. you know meth, <laughs> you know the Beijing cocktail, like, the you know the, the fuck face. Like it's like they keep saying things like, in the recap. Yeah, <laughs> we have the largest Batu ring in the Pacific right in our crosshairs. Batu, ice, top grade crystal meth. Batu can make a difference. Then. Shawn Michaels plays golf. Yeah, here's this is why we're doing this. So, <laughs> Shawn, Shawn Michaels Michael. is the guest star. <laughs> 24 hours. And after that, I find two new associates because you two will be shark bait. And then Slater wears a wetsuit and goes surfing. Meanwhile, Sean is dressed like Mr. Furley from Three's Company. Yeah, he's got a lot of Hawaiian shirts. Yeah. The, the opening actually reminds me of high school when Joe... <laughs> Our co-host, my co-host here, he used to always wear Hawaiian shirts yes. in high school yes, every day during like a period of time. So much so that they uh, became referred to in high school as Joe shirts. Yes, in our school, they were referred to as Joe shirts. I used to have a closet full of Hawaiian shirts, dragon shirts, you know, was this just something, shiny shirts. I, I've always had a question. Was this just something you did and then it caught on and then you like, you were like living the gimmick yes. at that point like you you like had like just a closet full of them and just kept doing it and then finally just were like fuck this and gave up yes and what happened like, actually is i changed my gimmick midway through ninth grade quinn yeah and i dressed for three months straight in a white t-shirt my leather jacket and jeans just every single cycle day. yes because I just didn't give a shit. Yeah. Uh, speaking of not giving a shit, a fat Hawaiian guy says something. Some girl strips for Shawn Michaels. Slater makes out with someone under fireworks. Then he finds meth in his surfboard. Slater finds meth in his surfboard. Ground. Yeah, that was very odd. Yes. A very odd place to hide it. Did you also notice um, while they were showing a stripper, like Slater was like in a really weird position. Yes. Where she's like her like vaginal area is like over his face like in a public setting and they're giving like tips to each other like while it's happening like her legs are up on his shoulders and he's like hey the meth is uh, <laughs> you know like well they are undercover Quinn you know they gotta, they gotta live the here? gimmick I yeah. don't know maybe she did hear it yeah. so anyway after he finds meth in a surfboard we see Shawn Michaels shooting and killing someone from a boat Shawn Michaels shoots someone with a sniper rifle <laughs> from a speedboat yes. on the beach did you ever think you would hear a sentence like that ever? No, and I'm glad I did, Quinn. Yeah. This is all the recap, by the way, folks. I just want to emphasize this. This was all part one. Then the pack blue cops fight with the crikey cop. There's a crikey yeah, cop. Yeah, he's like from an Ireland. Irishman. Anyway, Slater says, let's blame the shooter, not each other. And by the way, I just need to mention the shooter is Shawn Michaels. Shawn Michaels killed someone in a TV show. Unlike Jimmy Snooker, who killed someone in real life. Right. Anyway, let's go to the credits here. We have Jim Davidson, uh, okay. Paula Tricky, who? Oh. Shanna Mokler, that's who the Barker lady is. Oh, that's Bar- so she's Shanna Barker now? Yeah, I guess so. Barking uh, up the wrong tree. <laughs> Jeff Stern's very stern. Yeah. Amy Hunter Cornelius Quinn, wasn't she on Baywatch or something? I remember her just because her is last that name? name was Cornelius. Yes, what did we watch her on? Baywatch? Yeah, she's got like the curly hair, yeah. dark curly hair. She I- even in this episode? I don't know. I, maybe she was not Baywatch. Maybe she was. And... 
A.C. Slater as Bobby Cruz. Yes, Bobby Cruz. As I mentioned earlier in the podcast, Slater's character is Bobby Cruz, like the ring announcer. Yeah, just did an interview with WPAN a few weeks ago. Yeah, yeah, he's in this. Yeah, he's in this. In the intro, they ride bikes a lot. So Blue Hawaii Part 2, some lady jogs down the beach while a guy sings badly. And then the sound got really weird, I noticed. (laughs) Yeah, the sound got extremely weird. Awaken now, return to me. The ocean claims its own. Stop! So the joggy lady here runs into Shawn Michaels getting out of a black SUV. Very ominous. Yeah. She thanks him for the gift, but uh, she says she didn't accept it. Thanks for the lovely gift the other day. You're welcome. But you didn't accept it. By the way, now we find out Shawn Michaels' character <laughs> this name. This is good. It's Michael Shane. Okay? So <sighs> Michael Shawn Hickenbottom yeah. plays a character named Shawn Michaels in the WWF and... Shawn Michaels plays a character named Michael Shane on Pacific Blue. Very creative. Yep. Good good writing over at Pacific Blue. <laughs> he's got his, uh, I call it his commissioner beard, Quinn. He's, got, he's got his losing his smile beard. <laughs> I mean, that's like what he looked like. With the, the slick ponytail and everything. I mean, that's in the music video. It's like, tell me a lie. That beard. It looks like a very sad gorilla monsoon and Vince McMahon should be nearby, like taking the belt from him and yeah. everything like that. Anyway, uh, he says, uh, you like condominiums? That was Condominiums? A, yeah, was that what I think it was? Like, would you think that that was a subtle, you know, do you like condom no. miniums? Like, <laughs> Maybe like, mini, is he trying to say he has a small dick? Yeah, I, I don't, was you like it, uh, mini basically, condoms? Basically, in general, do you think that was a dick reference? I don't know, Quinn, because I've never known Shawn Michaels to ever make a dick <laughs> reference, ever. So I don't know. That might be a little far-fetched I'm, here. Listen, I'm only saying it in the reference of this show specifically. Oh, okay. Michael Shane, not Michael Shawn Michaels. Michael Shane? Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> For the record, this uh, this lady here is one of the undercover cops. Her name is Corey. She does like condominiums. She just needs a change first, and Shawn says, why bother? Yeah. Well, he is the Harper kid. Personally, though, Quinn, I'm a duplex kind of guy. I'm not right. really into condos. Yeah. I like at least half a house. But, Quinn, I would say Shawn would be more of a suplex kind of guy oh god okay thank you next you said to me quinn it seems ridiculous that these bicycle cops would even be invited to do a meth stand. yeah it's insane <laughs> like <laughs> they, they literally decide? like pull people over for jogging like off the <laughs> yeah. sidewalk like like what the fuck are they supposed to do about meth how do they like no it's true you're right and even there's like a weird side storyline where like there's a girl like watching over the pathways over at la Yes, Blue or whatever at headquarters and there. Like, if that's supposed to give me an idea of what it's like at their home headquarters, I really don't believe that they should be here. It's true. We actually get a call from her, and she like harasses one of the boss guys. She's basically just like making fun of him about something. I don't know what happened. She keeps acting like something's happening there, which implies that nothing usually happens. There. Yeah, exactly. And like she's trying to get the chief who's on location with them all worried. Exactly. Warrants, APBs, vacation requests. That's it. I'm coming home. Relax. Everything is fine. Uh, meanwhile, Slater runs up to a lady cop named Claire on the beach. She's one of the Hawaiian lady cops that already works in yeah. Hawaii. She's a little testy. Slater says he loves her, but doesn't want to say it. He just said it. She feels <laughs> the same way. I know. And Slater, you said, Quinn, is yeah. the worst undercover cop ever. He's just way too clean cut, Joe. I would never believe that he isn't a cop. Right. Because he's just, he's like, hi! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he looks like a cop. He looks like a goody two-shoes. He does. I have to ask, though, is he cheating on Jesse Spano? Because... I don't know if this is co-current. Huh? At some park, Russ, another cop here, chases after some other blonde lady. More on her later. 
You said, Quinn, why do these cops have so much time to hang around? They're on a mission. They have. They really are kind of more on vacation than doing <laughs> meth sting with the amount of like stuff they do that's not being cops. Would you say it's 50-50 or 60-40 that they're like just fucking around most of the time? I'd say it's about 60-40 because the yeah. other 10, they're like having sex. Yeah. They're literally fucking, you know, yeah. the other 10% of the right. time. Anyway, so Russ blew a chance with this lady. He wants a second chance and we find out she is a stripper. She's the stripper in the opening yeah. with her legs up on Slater's chest or whatever. <laughs> yeah. He says she's got a wall around her. I would say it's actually four walls with a giant pole in the middle. Oh, boy. <laughs> but it's the whole storyline. You know, she's a stripper with a heart of gold. It's fucking pretty woman. She's it's, a hooker. It's everything. You know? <laughs> it, like, it even gets, like, bad later on. There's, like, a mention of why don't you go back to school? Like, <laughs> yeah, like, it does on, happen. It's on. the same old fucking it's, trope it's, as ever. Yeah, it's almost, you, you're almost a, think you're gonna hear something said like um oh i only started doing this to pay for my books right. like or some shit like that like i i was expecting that to happen well i do understand that books are very expensive quinn they are aren't they they are but i mean strip i don't know in you hawaii just work at burger king or something like anything like i that not to be insulting or anything but seriously like why meanwhile quinn's got a burger king cup on his desk yeah <laughs> You can do Did this. You, you have that? just enough for the books. It's stripping. <laughs> just saying. Give me a quarter pounder and a uh, eight ball. Thank you. So <laughs> hula dancers and grass skirts dance around at some luau. I'm expecting like the Tanner family to show up. I said. I said in my notes like, what is this Bush Gardens? Yeah. <laughs> like they would. They would. First of all, if you notice, they the, none of the girls looked Hawaiian. No, they there didn't. was like they were just like white girls that you Plain find on Hawaiians. the mainland. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so then Corey shows up. Remember, she's the lady cop that like Shawn Michaels or That's pretends Cornel, to like. Shawn. Yes, in real life right no that's uh the other one tricky is her last name uh, tricky okay. <laughs> tricky so she shows up while sean michaels is hanging out with the stripper for a while so she's in with sean yeah or, or michael yeah michael, michael shane. shane yeah and sean has a very suspect shirt on think andre the giant yeah a weird pattern on there now he brings Corey a very large drink his beverage however appears to be like a sea foam green <laughs> pina colada i don't know what this guy's drinking here well what are we in his like palace or something like what is this shit they're talking about i think it's his luau right is that where he she has is? his own luau i think he threw a luau yeah Shawn michaels would have a luau yeah i guess or michael shane yeah he wants uh he wants to pay some proper attention to her whenever one's gone so he tries to convince her to stay and she says hey I'm staying at the Hilton. Call me. Cheap plug. Cheap like, plug for the Hilton. There's, yeah. a, there's later on, there's a scene big where they sign. Big sign for the Hilton. <laughs> yeah, in Hawaii. Yeah. This was filmed in Hawaii, by the way. Yep. All, you know, Pacific Blue, believe it or not, all episodes were filmed on location in either Santa Monica mm -hmm. or Redondo Hawaii Beach. Yep. in this case, yep. but most of them were in Santa Monica. Yes. So Sean gets called away to talk to some spiky, douchey, backstreet boys, hair guy, Quinn. God, these guys. They, <laughs> I mean, they look so of the time. Boy bandy. Yeah, they're just boy band goons. Remember Remember the other guy that hosted American Idol with Ryan Seacrest for the, the one first that, like, season? Got kicked off, <laughs> yeah, or, yeah. Brian Dunkelman or whatever yeah. his name was. You know, I will say this about his, his Shawn Michaels look: it's like he never changed, From, oh, even until he cut his hair recently. But like, yeah, he just looks like Shawn Michaels, right? Like in an out of place kind of way, where right. it's like this crappy '90s show going on, yeah. And Shawn Michaels from wrestling is just in there trying to blend in. I will say the one nice thing is usually Shawn Michaels is in a world of giants. He looks like a lot bigger than all these people. You're right. Like, he actually does. Yeah, he like he looks 
big and hefty and like not in like a fat like a no, muscly no, no, way yep. and like he could beat the shit out of any of these cops like he would be a feared kind of intimidating drug dealer type of right, thing. a yeah. guy running a meth ring that you wouldn't mess with yeah so sean tells uh the spiky haired douche here to go to his place now and stay there until he says so meanwhile Corey, remember the lady cop she's suspicious and she leaves sean gets a little upset he didn't even sip his girly drink yeah Meanwhile, yeah. Russ and Slater. Russ. Yeah, Russ. Now that's douche, <laughs> that's right? That's douche, yeah. And Slater is Cruz. Slater is Bobby Cruz. They storm into a clothes store and corner a guy in there about the shooting. They try to continue the sting operation and they want to get to, quote unquote, the, the man. man. Our orders have changed. <laughs> nah, you can't back out now. We're not backing out. Just up in the stakes. This is awful acting, Quinn. Oh, it's bad. And again, I, I have a hard time believing that they're cops. I know. They're like saying all these like lines, like all so cliche. Like, yeah. Shut the fuck up. I know. Like, <laughs> we want to talk to the man. Yeah, mm. does stop. Like, they're very like, bad. Why would anyone believe that you're like undercover? Like not cops. Yeah, you're not cops. It's like they're just random yeah, people. We're that- <laughs> going to get you. It's yeah. going to be cute. Like, you know, like, you know, that shit. Well, maybe the itsy bitsy spider fell down. The water spout. Yeah, you know, exactly. that type of yeah, diction. Yeah. And then they like nudge each other. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. We got yeah, him. We, we told him. Meanwhile, Corey and some guy are walking around. This is like their lieutenant, I believe. We find out from this lieutenant guy, Calloway, that Sean is wanted. Okay, so yeah. they suspect something on this guy. And he's actually the prime suspect in the meth ring, which is at least better than the belly button ring that he used oh, to have. Oh, boy. Also, he might be a pimp, they say. Yeah, there's some sex trafficking going on. I really don't understand why they even know that. There's a lot of unexplained, like, we just know this stuff. That shouldn't even be their business. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Why is that part of the case right. if they're, like, doing math? <laughs> right. But anyway, the uh, Corey. Yep. They tell her, like, oh, you should all of a sudden know about, like, finances and stuff, yeah. right? And she, like, tells Sean about this yes, shit. Yes, this happens. And to, he's just like, oh, of course. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's like, <laughs> Great I, idea. O- I only wanted you before because you were hot. Yeah. Now it's like, I just believe that you're ever, not, not only are you hot, but you can help me, like, launder my money, <laughs> too. It's like, he's just like, yeah, sure, okay. <laughs> <laughs> she should help him launder his clothes, honestly. <laughs> she's, she says to uh, Callaway that she's getting tired of pretending to fuck Shawn Michaels, and to be fair, a lot of people were getting tired I of know. pretending to want to fuck Shawn Michaels. <laughs> Let's be, can we be nice to him? Why? I don't know. He's a drug dealer running the meth pimp ring. Not in real life. Oh, sorry. We see a couple of cronies just casually stealing a taxi in broad daylight. For no reason. (laughs) Yeah. Like, all they had to do was just get in the cab and go. (laughs) But they're just like, you know what? Paying... Like, fuck that. And, and we can get there. They're like, we can get there faster. And they just throw this guy out of his cab. Like, what a bunch of assholes. Like, they just got out of jail. Like, mm-hmm. remember that? Mm-hmm. They just got out of jail from the first episode. They got on bail or whatever. Yep. And the first thing they do is hijack a cab. But Claire happens to see them walking into the store, the same store as before. By the way, she has a very nice flip from them. Now, Claire is the tiny blonde cop that already works in Hawaii. She likes Slater. She likes Slater. Now, I hate this girl after this scene. Yeah. So, I, I hate her. So she's undercover also, obviously. And she... Yeah. Runs up to the two cronies here. One of them's a big Samoan dude. Uh, she pretends to be drunk and hits on them, and apparently they make reference to that Samoans have big dicks. Samoan boys got the biggest boomba loomba in the whole specific. So, <laughs> yes, you, you say she pretends to be drunk, right? Yes. But 
there's a little mix of like innocence and not drunkenness in this to the point where I'm confused on the character that she's trying to like trick them with. She's supposed to be a 21 year old girl. Today's her 21st birthday. Yeah. And she tries to basically seduce them into banging her on her, banging them on her dad's boat. Yes. So, but she acts kind of drunk or stumbly, at least. She's stumbly. She sort of does, but you don't know if she's trying to seduce them all at the same time. I think she, the implication is that she's going to take them both. Yeah. She's hardcore. She doesn't really look like a cop, though. To I be guess, fair. Well, until her karate comes out. <laughs> yeah, there is karate. Because she leads them to the boat. Like a dock. A dock, basically. Yeah. And she uh, headbutts the smaller guy and then beats up the Samoan and he falls into the water. Now, I gotta say, yep. th- this girl, mm-hmm. she's gotta be 120 pounds soaking wet. 4'11". Maybe, <laughs> not, maybe not even 120 pounds, right? <laughs> yeah, maybe the, 105. The, the Samoan guy is easily over 300. Oh yeah, big dude. But because karate and it's the 90s, he just like goes down like he just melts like butter to <laughs> yeah. her. Like, like nothing. I know. <laughs> Oh, I hate when they do that in shows. That's just like, I know karate, so you lose. Like, it doesn't make any sense at all. <laughs> so anyway, some other cop guy, I guess, that works with uh, with Claire there was laughing the whole time while she was fighting these yeah, two. Yeah, he doesn't help. It's so he, weird. He's just like, he's like oh, <laughs> look at her karate. <laughs> she can fight. Bruh, okay, crumbs you. Get beat up by one wahine. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha! Meanwhile, Sean and Corey are having some drinks out of a pineapple, and she tells him, Quinn, about her financial past. Yes, I, I like that also Sean, while they're talking, throws that I'm an importer-exporter, yeah. like it's Seinfeld yes. or something. What? I'm an importer-exporter. <laughs> what do you do to pay for that magnificent penthouse? Import-export. Or whatever. Says, Let me guess. You export beautiful women and you import yen. <laughs> yeah, what the? Why yen, first of all? Apparently he owns nightclubs in Asia, he says. Well, Asia is a lot of different countries, not just <laughs> Japan. I mean... It could be Chinese money, it yep. could be Korean money. A large chunk of Russia is in Asia. Yes, yeah, Singapore money. There's euthanasia. Yeah. On the beach, Slater and whoever, uh, Russ, I guess his name is, run into the crikey cop whose name we find out is Bucky. Uh, <laughs> they just, this guy's like a one-off. They yeah. just sort of like, I don't know what the fuck to call him, Bucky. <laughs> so then the douchey Russ tries to settle their differences, but crikey here, Bucky punches Slater in the face, and then they have a beach brawl, Quinn. We get a running clothesline by Slater, and then a beal toss into the ocean. Bloody uh, we get a chin lock by Slater in the ocean and Bucky taps out. Yeah, get, get it, guys? They, they, they settle it. They settle their issues with their fists. Yeah, magically they're best friends now, yeah, right? Yeah. Slater's, Slater's going to get a beer out of the whole deal, apparently. Yeah, so. now like Crikey's just like, oh, I love you, Mike. <laughs> like, seriously, like. He is. I'm going to buy you a beer, mate. Yeah. They, I just hate that, like, they just threw that stereotype just out. That it's like, oh, they're big. Yeah, burly cops because they fought in the ocean like when little children. When they get children. mad at each other, all they got to do throw a couple fists, almost try to drown and kill each other. And, yeah. Oh, best friends, best friends now. Yeah, Corey is talking to the doofy boss guy Callaway. Yeah, uh, about how she thinks Sean believed her. So so far so good. Meanwhile, the blonde girl calls him again regarding some press conference. This is the blonde girl back at headquarters. Oh yeah, just the, the weird. It's just her being like, "Look, there's things happening here," but there's not, and she's just kind of like. 
Is she like maybe his girlfriend back there, like know. or his wife or something? And she works the reception desk at the <laughs> the Pack Blue office, <laughs> and she's just like, "Ha ha, I'm fucking with you," like that kind of shit. She should be working at Pack Sun. Yeah, yeah, she looks like it. <laughs> I know. Slater is uh in his room with no shirt, and he's got white pants on. Uh, when Claire, the little karate tiny girl cop, knocks on his door. There's so many romantic angles going on. I'm honestly losing yeah. track of the plot. Like, what is this, Silk Stockings? <laughs> it's true. Like, There's so much going on. Yeah, so many, like, different... Everyone's screwing each other. The people have mentors. And, <laughs> like, people are fighting in the ocean. But none of this has anything to do with the meth. <laughs> the fucking meth that they're there to bust. The Beijing cocktail, the Batu, Bajo, Baja fresh whatever the fuck they're trying to stop who cares about that let's go do it in the hotel room we're here for business stop it so they compare fight injuries and then they make out on the balcony meanwhile russ and the stripper uh they they discuss going on a picnic you know bottle of wine loaf of bread who eats a whole loaf of bread at a picnic here's the thing that i uh, that i kind of noticed about all of this is they're trying to make that douche and strippers, yeah. their romance is a little more innocent because stripper has the reputation oh. of being like, you know, under a stripper, the, uh, stripper <laughs> and shady and under the table. So she wants a like conventional thing. Wholesome yeah, date. Yeah, yes. yeah, exactly. A nice wholesome date. Hard to imagine how a woman who makes a living removing her clothes and possibly performing sex acts for a man could have a soiled reputation, isn't it? It's very, very strange. <laughs> Notice whenever she meets him, too, she has no makeup on. No makeup, very they, nicely dressed. Yeah, but when she's in her stripper job, oh, it's like her hair is puffed out. <laughs> and like They just kind of knock you over the head in this show. It's like, she's a stripper now, and she's a wholesome girl next door then. Like, yeah. It's just one or the other. She's just doing this for the family or for the kids or for the money. You yeah, know? exactly. Good Lord. Meanwhile, Slater and Claire have sex but Russ and the stripper also have sex, it's implied. Yeah. And you said, seriously, what is happening? Don't they have a crook to capture? They have something <laughs> to do here, Joe. I just, I don't know what it is because uh, they don't do it. God. Well, they do it, but oh, they, don't, they do it. They don't do what they're supposed to be no, doing. No, they, they don't do what they're supposed what, to be like, doing. How do they have the to like? Where is the chief on the phone? Like the guy that looks like he's from Chips to like <laughs> stop them and say like, "Hey, are you guys like uh, monitoring? Yeah, you, you guys the, doing okay? Yeah, like are you like what's going on? Don't they have walkie talkies <sighs> or something? You would think so. Meanwhile, we get a montage of all of the sex under the song Island Girl, like a shitty cover of it, very bad cover of it. The stripper leaves the sex and runs into. Michael Shane. He yeah. was watching the That's sex. That's creepy. That's very creepy. Because he seems to know everything that just happened. He knows everything that's going on. He's yeah. one step ahead of them, I think, right? Right. What, does he have a peephole? Was he like, he's like, oh, man, I really wanted to make sure that the stripper was having good sex with this douchey, douchey guy. This yeah. douchey guy. Like, that's weird. I, I don't even know why. Like, what gave him the inclination that anything was up? I don't know. And that's one of my main problems with the, with plot? The, with the plot is that a lot of times Sean is ahead of them. But it's not really, you're not sure how he figured that out. Right. He's just supposed to be a maniacal genius type yeah. thing also. He's I don't also understand. like a mind reader right. or something and has a crystal ball, I guess. Crystal I don't know. Math. So Slater gets a phone call from one of the bad guys trying to bait him into messing, meeting the man in yeah. the surf shop as 
who comes out <laughs> of a back room in the surf shop, but Shawn Michaels brandishing an unnecessarily large gun, Quinn. This is, this is hilarious to me because they just over-the-top sized weapons. Shawn Michaels has to be carrying like a machine gun. <laughs> yeah, all, Whenever all they're times. like indicating that he's going to go do something bad, it's like, here's my big gun. Yeah, and that's all it is. It's ridiculous and he doesn't even use it. Never once. Yeah. Except when he shot someone off the right, boat. Right, but that in was this a scene, that he's, just, he's just playing with it and he like, he leaves with it, but you never see the weapon again. You're right, you yeah. never see that gun again, yeah. do you? Yeah. Why wouldn't he just shoot them? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Anyway, so the next day, Corey Slater and Callaway and some others have a meeting about this whole entire meth ring. It's about damn time. Slater pulls Callaway aside privately. He wants to transfer here to Hawaii. Of course he does, because of Claire Quinn. I don't like this plot, too, because, again, this is another stereotypical thing. Because mm-hmm. you'll see the next part. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Slater's excuse, right, mm-hmm. for wanting to, like, move to Hawaii is that it's so much easier here. Yeah. Like, his job is easier, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. Where I'm like... But wait a second, doesn't he just like ride on a bike around the beaches of California all day and like give people jaywalking tickets? Like why <laughs> is trying to stop a meth dealer who shot someone in the fucking chest in front of his face? That's easier. Why does this guy believe any of this bullshit? Seriously. <laughs> like seriously, like that was a hundred times worse than he's probably ever seen in the history of the show. Like, <laughs> Meanwhile, Claire is talking to her sergeant, the Hawaiian guy, about moving to the quote-unquote mainland. Hardy har har. They're, yeah. they're asking to move to where each other lives. Simultaneously. Simultaneously, because oh. they're so in sync and they love each other so much. Why? This did seems they like, just meet? <laughs> yeah, they had like, what are they known for each other for a fucking week? Yeah, like, maybe. Yeah, like you, they're just going to make a big life decision. Like I'm going to give up my career. Yeah. Start from the bottom in the bike cop uh, area or whatever. <laughs> or if you're Slater, I'm going to start from the bottom in the meth sting ring. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the like, meth sting ring. Yeah. Is that the sold by Gloob? <laughs> yeah, maybe. I don't know. So uh, Shawn Michaels and Corey are on a balcony overlooking the ocean. Sean's apparently stolen his shirt this time from Bray Wyatt, it looks yeah. like. Come see the softer side of Sears. We're here. How many days is this across, by the way? People have changed outfits multiple times. People have had time to like go have sex and then wake <laughs> up in the morning and do other things and have talks, long walks on the beach, introspectively talking about their lives and what they should do with it. There is so much stuff going on that's not what they're supposed to be doing for like what's probably supposed to be like maybe a week long business yeah exactly just get the shit over with find the guy and let's move on so he tells Sean tells Corey that he found out she didn't quit quote unquote the bank she was fired and you had a great question how did the stripper even know the cover story here right so it's implied that Sean knows this because he like shook down the stripper stripper, right right but the stripper barely knows her right. because she was injected into this after the whole thing started. Right. Like, why does she know all this? The stripper's not a cop. She's a stripper. Yeah. Anyway, uh, she talks about how she turned 100000 into $1 million, And Sean's like, well, if you could do that with pocket change, what could you do with real money? Yeah. Great acting, by the way. If you could do that with pocket change, what could you do with some real money? Spend a lot of money. Spend a lot of money. They keep talking about finances and capital and interest. And what, am I watching C-SPAN 3? What is this? You know, there's a weird thing about this. This is, Sean is going very elaborate 
all to just basically entrap her in her yeah. lie. Like, she keeps up with it, though. Yeah. She does keep up with it. Right. It's a very interesting subplot, and I'm not being serious when I say that. So anyway, <laughs> uh, Corey updates Calloway, her lieutenant, Russ, and the Hawaiian sergeant about how Sean wants her to be his banker. He was very depressed lately because he never became a banker. And meanwhile, Calloway mentions the white slavery ring, as he calls it. These I are can't the believe strippers. they had to, like, white slavery ring. It's very weird terminology that's there. really unnecessary to say. even in 1999 when it's not like i know it's not as a pc world i, I mean, know for cripes sake slaters has a stripper in the opening of the show so cripes. yeah <laughs> i'm just saying like it's definitely not a pc world but no. still that's like in that's really stupid it's unfortunate quinn because normally we're a very highbrow sophisticated humor type of show <laughs> and this is making us go very lowbrow into the blue toilet humor yeah. area here which i'm not quite fucking comfortable with the blue toilet humor <laughs> yeah like, leave her leave her <laughs> so meanwhile russell <laughs> runs off to warn the stripper lady so basically the whole deal here is that sean michaels is going to get the stripper lady killed in asia essentially right. she's never going to come back so russ the douchey guy runs off to warn the stripper lady and this is where things start to really heat up because Corey, she's going to run off to take a crash course in global finance meanwhile calloway <laughs> says they're going to bring down sean tonight i don't know sean lays down for nobody the cronies approach slater and russ the man is here ready now instead of sundown tonight so we see a very quick shot of crikey noticing all this and then getting out of there quickly meanwhile the cronies lead slater and russ up to an apartment <laughs> Shawn Michaels appears from the bedroom and they make small talk about house sitting. Yeah, well, if you need house sitting. <laughs> until Shawn drops the bomb. He says, I understand a lot of uh, people use off-duty police officers to secure their homes. Da, da, da. Wow, that was a lot of fucking information that just dropped. Yes. Holy shit. So Sean knew the whole time. That he was found like, out. If I recall, everything you just described happened in like three minutes. Yes. Like, it was insane. Yeah. Boom. The crony draws a gun from the bedroom. The other crony brings out the stripper. That's how. Yeah. That's how Sean knows everything. Yeah, but the again, stripper. how does she know she, everything? Maybe Russ, when they were having the sex, told her everything. But why would he do that? He'd be a terrible cop. Yeah, again, that's just still too much. The, the cover story alone of the... The other girl, yeah, that's information that douche Russ would know. Douche like, Russ, because she's supposed to be making this shit up on the fly, right? Now, Shawn Michaels says, "Uh, book him, Dano," because that's exactly a line that Shawn Michaels would probably write for himself. He always says that <laughs> in WWF. Book him, Dano. That was his. That was his trademark. A lot of people didn't know about that. That line he used to say, like when he was in DX. Yeah, it's like I got three words for you. Book him, Dano. <laughs> Meanwhile, Claire, the Hawaii Sergeant, and Callaway are looking for Slater. Crikey runs into them to inform them of what happened. Meanwhile, Corey runs into Shawn Michaels at what looks to be the Rainforest Cafe's exterior. <laughs> Sean says if he comes with her right now, she'll get half a million dollars plus 10% for every dollar. So Frank, elaborate. Not even dollar, though, Quinn. Frank or Mark or Yen, anything that she makes him. In addition, he says, I'll treat you oh, this to the kind of love affair that only happens in fairy tales or tabloid magazines. <laughs> the worst line in the whole that that is like by far the worst line the delivery is horrible i'll treat you with the kind of love affair that what happens in fairy tales tabloid magazines and it sounds like he's reading from a teleprompter while he's saying it so she has no time to think it over or to pack so she says yes she's doing a great job as a cop i'll give her that meanwhile some other cop that's working with cowboy some mystery cop out of nowhere 
<laughs> some like bald guy. They see Slater and Russ through the window of Shawn Michaels' apartment with binoculars there, and they see that they're being held hostage. What a great show! Meanwhile, Shawn leads Corey to his apartment, but Callaway notices, runs over to the building, but he doesn't catch them in time. And inside, Shawn shows Corey his laptop, and he's like, transfer $2 million in Swiss francs to the Bank of Singapore. By the way, here's like, my win- password. Windows 3.1 <laughs> on the screen. <laughs> Nothing's moving. It's just like a picture of Windows. Right. Like, <laughs> you know what, though? I know why she's having Shawn. I mean, I know why Sean's having her do this, Quinn. You ever see him on a keyboard? Yeah. (laughs) Pecking away? Yeah, but okay. So he's having her do this, but again, it's just a big ruse, right? To expose herself. Like He's trying to see if she's for real or not. Yeah. Right. He's trying to push it as far as possible. Yeah, he but knows. listen, he's like showing his cards way too much that he's doing. Like he's got like a goon. That's true. Like to make her do this. Yeah. Like, wouldn't you be a little more subtle about it? It's like, would he, think. He, like you'd be alone with her in a room and you'd be like, hey, babe, could you do that? Right. Like, you know, like all casual. And then when she can't. You super kick her off the balcony. Yeah, exactly. And it's over with. And then she can't even do her karate to like stop anything. So. <laughs> She's not the karate one, is she? Like, she doesn't know, do they, She does some karate. <laughs> <laughs> they, everyone knows karate on the Pack Blue Force. They were okay? all trained by Mr. Fuji. Apparently, Singapore is their first stop and they're going to leave in five minutes. So Sean walks into the bedroom with what the is hostage. This rush? Like he's like, we he's need to get out of f- here right the fuck he now. Because he knows that but the cops are on his ass. I guess. But That's he, why. He doesn't know they're ready to like pounce, does he? He's trying to put the heat on her too you know what i'm saying by making it immediate so he walks into the bedroom with the hostages one of the cronies comes out with a gun to watch her like you said quinn she punches the crony with karate and goes for his gun but sean steps on and runs in there's the karate now sean and the crony are both watching her do this so she slyly steps on the surge protector to turn it off why would a laptop just turn off by unplugging it (laughs) like seriously like doesn't have a battery like that's not how laptops work that's a great point i don't care if it's like an old laptop with like the batteries are the whole shitty. The point like, is that they had batteries. Even even if your battery was low, the minute you turn off the surge protector, it wouldn't just like go black. No, it wouldn't. And then she just acts like willy nilly in the age of like 1999. Mm-hmm. Rebooting any computer would take like five to six minutes. And like <laughs> they're they're like they're five at, to six. You know something like that. Yeah. And like you know what I mean? It's the 90s, Joe. I know what you mean. Sean grabs her by the hair and the cronies lead the hostages out as well while Callaway and Hawaii Five-O sergeant over here start to move. As they're being led outside by Sean, Corey and the stripper concoct some weird screaming scheme. <laughs> like three, two, one, headbutt by Sean Michaels to the stripper. Count of three, we start screaming, right? You're doing it, dead. We're dead anyway. One, two. <laughs> the stripper kind of just goes like, uh, but like that's it like no cut on her head no, nothing no. she's just like uh, like and then she just like moves on with her life she's got headbutt in the head by a like a 260 pound guy i know why might, is she just like not dead to be headbutt by a butthead i'm not sure Gwen. i don't know <laughs> so the good guys run in and a shootout and shoot ensues uh sean tosses the stripper aside grabs Corey, and flees the other cop punches the crony in the elevator which distracts the bigger crony just enough that russ regains control with his own headbutt meanwhile slater with some martial arts kicks while in the <laughs> handcuffs meanwhile sean's got Corey in a chin lock and drags her outside before throwing her down and running off calloway catches up with her and they commandeer some bikes with Here, helmets here's where we uh work in the gimmick of the show. Yep, they get their bikes. I have to emphasize that they found a way to work a bicycle chase into a case regarding a dangerous meth dealer. (laughs) Like, 
Only in Pack Blue could they figure that out. So Sean runs pretty well, Quinn, for someone with a back injury, I have to say. Yeah, definitely. I I, I noticed the same thing, actually, mm-hmm. Joe. I, yeah. I was like, what? He's running like, pretty well. He's sprinting. Although yeah. there are parts where you can clearly tell it's like not him. Yeah, I know. It's a double. It, yeah. You know, I'm surprised that he didn't lose his smile while he was running, that his Stop. smile didn't fall out of his pocket there. So anyway, the bike cops split up and Sean heads into a hotel, runs up an escalator. Callaway makes some guy drop a tray of biscuits because <laughs> this scene just needed more Three's company. This Let me just put it that way. Is really goofy with the whole yes. like when they're in the kitchen part <laughs> yes. because <laughs> Sean like he jumps over like a table yep. with like Easter baskets yes. on it. He knocks over a bunch of Easter baskets <laughs> like, like it's halftime heat. They, seriously, did they just expose that it's Easter when they're doing this? Maybe. So then he throws a biscuit at Callaway before running away. That's funny because yeah. that, that has no, that does nothing. <laughs> There's no like wacky music or anything. No, not at all. Yeah. So down the hall down the door, down the concrete steps, but Callaway is a pro on this bike going down the steps, and he's able to catch Sean just as Corey pulls up, followed by the sergeant and Claire. Damn, you beat me to it. Oh, yeah? We can let him go. Chase him, man. Nah. Sean wouldn't job to a to many people, Quinn, but he jobbed to a bicycle. Well, I just want to put it that way. I'll put it into perspective, Joe. Yeah. He wasn't a wrestler anymore by this point. No, so he was a commissioner. You're right. He didn't give a shit who he jobbed to because he was getting paid probably a lot more than his day to day to do this to shit. do this bullshit show because USA just <laughs> money yeah, flying out of their pockets. You can see the hundred dollar bills <laughs> falling out of Slater's pockets during this whole thing. See the hundred yen coin falling yeah. out of Sean's pocket. Anyway, that's it for that scene. Slater and Claire now play the uh I can't believe you asked for a transfer. No, I can't believe you asked for a transfer game, you know, while having a walk. You could see that one coming from a mile away, too. It was horrible. And they decide they're not, neither of them are going to transfer. And Slater's like, oh, it sucks being a grown up preppy. Sucks being a grown up. He sounds like a child yeah. saying that. How old is he supposed to be here? Probably 25, I would guess, right? Mid-20s. How old is he in real life? 26, 27 there. God, he sounds like such a chump. Uh, I'm in sex being a grown up. Well, you can't stay at Bayside forever, Slater. Yeah. They have kissy face and then we join the picnic pals, Russ and the stripper. Yeah, their they're modest date <laughs> yes. that they've been wanting to have. With a giant loaf of bread. He brought her a big stack of cash, Quinn. He's like, here, have the money. And he's like, well... Yeah, by the way, that the, the, the modest date turns into like he's giving her money that he probably shouldn't be yes, giving because exactly. he even mentions it's like oh I got this from like the cachet yeah. in the police office yeah. what? He's like well if you don't need the money then you don't need the crappy job and that's where they talk about going back to school and then they also play kissy face and guess what that's it no that's one it. beat up Shawn Michaels there's no like him getting arrested put in the slammer getting kicked or punched he just got choked out by a bicycle wheel and that was like the last we saw of him bullshit Quinn that sure was a shitty cable TV show from the 90s. It really was, wasn't yeah. it? There was really nothing to write home about there. It was uh, Shawn Michaels acting. Let's talk about that real quick. It was bad. Uh, it sucked. Not that he. Not that I would expect Shawn to be good, though, would you? The only thing I have to say, I was impressed with like the boldness that they <laughs> that they treated him with, like sniping someone on a boat. Headbutting strippers. Like, usually when you're a criminal mastermind, you have other people to do that, like expert snipers. Shawn yes. just did like fucking everything himself. He's like, uh, he has a finance computer which is like rare back then that's true yeah. he has machine guns that he shoots by yes. himself and sniper rifles he like, runs a meth ring they He's made him impressive oh but, yeah very but at the very end they just job him like, yeah he, time. he gets the screw yeah but folks that's pacific blue blue hawaii part two for episode number 80 the season finale you know what's interesting quinn normally 
people seem to uh, to show up here, and I'm waiting for the phone to ring, but I don't. I feel like it's not going to. Is it? Let's just see. I haven't heard anything. Nothing. Wow. Are we going to get off without anyone making fun of us this time? We got off scot-free. Without anything hurting us? Without anything shrinking us? Whatever happened last time? Without a bicycle flying out of this. <laughs> it's packed blue. I think we're okay. All right. Okay. Well, folks, thank you so much for another great season. This is Joe and Quinn for OVP Podcast on episode number 80. You can reach us on Twitter at OVP Podcast. You can also email us at ovppodcast at gmail.com. And of course, join the group. We thank you so much for your support over these last 80 episodes. 80 years. Plus specials. Yeah. And uh, of course, we'll be back next Monday the 14th the day before Quinn's birthday for episode number 81 to kick off season 9 until then I am Joe Murata that is Michael Quinn and we're saying aloha aloha for the Mount Rushmore and Death Valley is (laughs) amazing now that's a blooper worth keeping. What <laughs> happens when you hit two buttons at once on this Whoopsies. thing? Whoopsies. Alrighty. Team Michael Quinn. Yes. Hi. Well, uh, <laughs> I was. Yeah. <laughs> I thought you were gonna like say something. Thank you so much for being with the sheep. Thank you so much. For- <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> no, because you were laughing over it, so I stopped. Three, two, one. <laughs> what? I don't know. I'm sipping my drink here. Oh, <laughs> uh, good. We're recording, so this will be for the blooper reel. And it was requested by one of our fucking <laughs> fuck. Okay. Um, three, two, one. <laughs> now you can't. It's I don't know where I was. <laughs> you get the live reviews every week. Mm-hmm. The uh, WBF nineteen eighty two week every month. You get them. <laughs> she basically calls Dirty White Girl a hurl. <laughs> a hurl. <laughs> she got a hurl. Yeah. Starry stumbled. What about Italian? <laughs> Starry. Starry. <laughs> the class of 2004. Until then, thank you so much for your fanship. Oh my god, I can't talk. I'm fucking this up so hard. But fanship was fine. The fanship isn't a word. He's <laughs> That's an old time blooper right there. That, yeah, wow. <laughs> when it's time for Mount Rushmore and yeah, and yeah, 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 yeah. That three, two, one. When it's time for Mount Rushmore and Death. What the? Death Valley. It's the curse of Tuesday. Anytime we do this on yeah, Tuesday. See? Anytime we record in the middle of the week. It gets, it gets all, all jumbled up. Fuck them, Dano. Dano. Dano.